It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good morning and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers go to Hearts looking to cut the gap Delay Celtic's title party And prove they are with intangible reach of Scottish football domination If it all goes wrong for Steven Gerrard Neil Lennon could win the league at Easter Road of all places tomorrow Before that though, huge games at the top and bottom Across the country in the sunshine this afternoon I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans But let's go straight to Tynecastle and get team news ahead of Hearts and Rangers With Alison Conroy and Gordon Deal. A very good morning from Tynecastle. This game in the sunshine here is Hearts against Rangers. Rangers boss Stephen Gerrard names an unchanged starting 11 this, uh, this, today. Um, obviously, a team that won 3 0 at Motherwell a couple of weekends ago. It's two changes for Hearts from that Scottish Cup semi final win against Inverness a week ago. Herring and Kina are out, Bozanic and Clare are the players that come in. So for Hearts, it will be Zlamal in goal, a back four of Smith, Suter, Berra and Burns. In the five of Clare, Bozanic, Jum, Lee and Mulraney with Ik Piezu up top. On the bench for Hearts, Doyle, Shocknessy, Whiten, McLean, Cochrane, Edwards and Brandon. For Rangers, McGregor in goal, a back four of Tavernier, Katic, Goldson and Flanagan. In the three in the middle of Jack Davis and Kamara. Up top, Candias, Defoe and Arfield. On the bench, Fodringham, Worrell, Lafferty, Halliday, McCrory, Polster and Middleton. Your referee today at Tyne Castle is John Beaton. Gordon we look at this game... Rangers want to finish the season as strongly as possible and they also know they need a win today to stop Celtic winning the title tomorrow Yeah, it's a big weekend in Edinburgh Alison, you've got to say the one thing I will say the playing conditions here today are absolutely perfect, the sun's shining we were on the pitch early, it's like a bowling green but will there be a lot of football played because it will be a tense game you know that you come to Tynecastle it's going to be a battle first and foremost I'm looking forward to it if you look at the head-to-head this season Rangers will get the beating of Hearts home and away and I fancy them strongly this afternoon to keep that record up I just think they'll have too much in their locker but the one thing just looking at the, the Hearts players warming up you can notice right away the height that they've got in their side so Rangers of really set plays will need to switch on and defend well no surprises that Stephen Gerrard has made no changes from that game at Motherwell no we said that coming uh, down the M8 today uh, especially when you go away from home to Motherwell which is a difficult place who have been in good form and you won 3-0 Arfield getting that hat trick so there was no surprises there and I think Craig Levine would have probably worked all week on the fact that Rangers wouldn't change their side but uh, Rangers will get very confident uh, as I said the head-to-head the last time here we had drama with Arfield getting sent off and Rangers still won the game so I'm looking forward to an absolutely brilliant afternoon of football It is a beautiful day here Gordon still watering the pitch with 10 minutes ago and I have to feel for all the mascots I think I'm getting absolutely soaked Hugh Keevans big game in the capital this afternoon well so far three wins for Rangers 8-2 on aggregate so far if they beat Hearts again today they get to keep Edinburgh Castle and Greyfriars Bobby uh, they haven't missed Alfredo Morelos they did not miss Ryan Kent last week they had a three goal spree from Scott Arfield I think that will be the margin which separates the sides today I think Rangers can win this by a three goal margin so he's going in early on the predictions yeah. it's not even midday and he's already thrown one in there Mark Wilson 
Listen, it's a huge day for Rangers because one thing they don't want to do is hand Celtic an opportunity to wrap up the title this early in the season. They want to keep this going as long as possible. But Tynecastle is a very, very tough place to go. But Rangers have proved this season that they can handle it there. They can handle the pressure, even going down to 10 men. And they cruised across the finish line on that occasion. Um, but I think Hearts will take confidence from getting to the cup final. They've had an up and down season. Mixed results, people in Craig Levine's back. I think they might just have enough to get a point today and that would then set Celtic up to clinch the title tomorrow at Easter Road. Yeah, absolutely. Rangers have actually kind of cantered against Hearts throughout the course of this season, Gordon. And uh, I think about more difficult today due to the fact, you know, they got to the cup final last week. Hearts, a bit of confidence back in. They'll be trying to kick on. They'll be trying to leapfrog Hibs as well. And uh, so... In store for a really good afternoon Gordon Deal A relatively straightforward victory For Rangers The last time these sides met How much does the Tynecastle factor Play a part though Compared to being at Ibrox Yeah just walking in here And the stadium's filling up The guys have played here We know how difficult it is The, the supporters are right top of the pitch It's a great atmosphere it's, And I've got to say Gordon Usually at this time of the season When you turn up at grounds And you look at the pitches And you can tell it's been a long season for them. This is like an absolute bowling green. I don't know if that's because Hearts never keep the ball on the deck. They seem to be a long ball team. But you've got to win the battle here. We all know that. And I think Stephen Gerrard was saying that in the dressing room as we speak. First 20 minutes, get out there. Because you know Hearts at home with this big crowd behind them, the atmosphere, they're in your faces. And they're going to make it a battle early. So you've got to win that and then hope the fact that you've got better players and you can play better football and create the chances that'll win you the game. Now it looks like there's a late change to the Hearts team. Sean Clare has dropped out due to illness. Craig Whiten replaces him in the starting eleven. Already going without the likes of Stephen Naismith, Gordon Diel, Peter Haring doesn't make it either. Um, granted Rangers have omissions as well, but how much are Hearts struggling to cope with those guys that are missing well it's, it's been the story all season for them Gordon they got off to a terrific start at the beginning of the season and then they lost key players throughout their team from the centre backs to centre forwards now they've, they've lost a player before kick off um, the one thing I said earlier was I did notice right in front of me they've got a big physical presence Hearts and I think that it'll be no surprise this afternoon free kicks even throw-ins, everything will be put in the box and the Rangers uh, back four and defence and goalkeeper will be tested and from a Rangers perspective Gordon um, no Morelos and Kent they've coped quite fine without them in the last couple of games Scott Arfield seems to be becoming a really important figure for them yeah he'll be given that role to go and support uh, Defoe I like him in that role I think he makes uh, really intelligent runs and obviously when he gets into the position as he showed against Motherwell at Far Park he knows how to put the ball in the back of the net so I'm sure Hart will be working very hard to stop the, the space for him to run into let's hear from both managers then starting with the home boss Craig Levine it's the one team this season I don't think we've performed well against on any of the, the three occasions that we've played. We've shown moments in all of those matches where we've, we've done pretty good things, but we've invariably shot ourselves in the foot. And I've spoken about it each, after each of the games. We have given away stupid goals by individual er errors and uh, and made difficult to gain any sort of momentum in the match. And my, my biggest focus this week will be on making sure that we're, we're concentrated, start the game well, and give ourselves the best chance possible of, of feeling good in the match. It'll be a tough match. I'm sure they're very confident for 
qualifying to get to the final. So I'm sure that the spirit's been really good in their camp and, and Craig will have them well drilled. They're a tough team to be, very physical. You know, it's a very intimidating atmosphere down at Tynecastle. I'm sure their fans will be up for it. So we need to be ready to face that challenge. But remember that, you know, we're going there to play the Rangers way. Um, and that's to play football in, in the right way and try and do whatever we can to, to win the game. There's no signs of players thinking that, you know, the season's done. That's going to be the important thing for me to keep pushing them because I won't have any individual or I won't have it as a group if we try and take our foot off the gas and think the season's done. Players are playing for the future here. It's as simple as that. No, 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 no. They're not a tough team to beat at all, Hearts. They've been beaten 13 times this season, the same as Livingston, and they're in ninth position, so they're not a tough team to beat. And results cover a multitude of sins. Last week, they put Inverness Cali Thistle out of the Scottish Cup at Hamden. But... Hearts were booed off the park at half time, they were so bad. So they're not a tough team to beat. There's Steven. no doubt, Hugh, though, that Tyne Castle's a Tyne Castle, when Rangers and Celtic come calling, is a tough place to play. Hearts somehow raise their games for these occasions. And I get what you're saying, they've been beaten, I think, the likes of Dundee and, and things at Tyne Castle. But when Rangers come around, when Celtic come around, Hearts make it a very difficult place to play. And, you know, Craig Levine has been guilty of being ultra negative against Celtic Rangers away from home but at Tynecastle his teams have a go and it was the same earlier on this season I expect the same today Was it a noticeably different game when you played Hearts at home com- compared to for me when, when they were at home I should say 100% when you go to Tynecastle and that crowd's on top of you it's a brilliant stadium to play but they start so quickly mm. the pitch seems that wee bit tighter as well and the Hearts players certainly respond to that Gordon so just quickly going back to the earlier one we spoke about earlier on when Rangers beat them 2-1 at Tynecastle mm. early in the season the first 20 minutes I was out of the game and you're thinking oh Hearts are right and fire here and then obviously the game kind of changed on goals but you know it's a very difficult place to go you speak to former players and you see that here come the teams at Tynecastle then. Let's go back to the capital and build up to kick off with Alison and Gordon. Yep, the teams emerge out of the tunnel here at Tynecastle. Hearts, of course, against Rangers. The lineups again for Hearts. It's Lodenic, it's Lamal in gold, and it's Michael Smith, John Sudra, Christoph, Berra and Bobby Burns. Then the midfield five of Craig White and Oli Bozanic, Arnold Jim, Oli Lee and Jake Mulraney. Up top, Uchi Ikpizu on the bench. Doyle, Shocknessy, McLean, Cochrane, Edwards, Brandon and Dicamona. Four Rangers, Alan McGregor in goal. The back four of James Tavernier, Nicola Katic, Connor Goldson and John Flanagan. In the three of Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis and Glenn Kamara. Up top for Rangers, Daniel Condias, Jermaine Defoe and Scott Arfield. On the bench, Fodringham, Worrell, Lafferty, Halliday, McCrory, Polster and Middleton. Your referee at Tyne Castle is John Beaton. Gordon DL, can you see passing away win this afternoon? No, no, I can't, Alison. I just think that Rangers have got the making of hearts this season. Uh, three meetings, three victories, and even with ten men here, they were able to get three points in the bag. I think that, you know, Davis, everybody was talking about him coming in January. It didn't really work for him. But all of a sudden, he's had some game time and he looks the player that all we knew that he was with the ability. Our fields went into that forward uh, role just off the four and I think he's a big threat. And obviously, if they can get the service into the box, then not a better man than Defoe to put the ball in the back of net. The one thing Hearts will do, they'll make it very difficult. The boys are right. It is a terrific pitch, but it feels a very tight pitch. And Hearts will try and use that. I think Rangers will try and play football. I think Hearts will go more direct, get it up front, and then get their support, uh, their support from the middle of the park, work on set plays and try and put the Rangers defence uh, under pressure. But I just 
Rangers think with this pitch, I think the Rangers will get the ball down. And after 15, 20 minutes, when the game settles down a little bit, I think they will have too much ability. Hearts have got that Scottish Cup final in mind. Well, for Rangers, it's about finishing as strong as they possibly can. Yeah, it's about Rangers making sure that uh, Celtic can't come to the capital tomorrow against us and win the title. For Hearts, Craig Levine will be saying, you're playing for your places in the Scottish Cup final. And we are underway here at Tyne Castle. It's Hearts against Rangers. The fastest goals. The expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Full time at Tyne Castle. Hearts 1, Rangers 3. A straightforward win for Rangers this afternoon as they make sure there will be no title party for Celtic this weekend. Jermaine Defoe gave them the lead in the 15th minute. He raced clear after collecting from Glenn Kamara and fired into the net. Brian Jack had them 2-0 up 20 minutes later. Hearts lost the ball in midfield and Jack slotted past Lamal in the goal. Rangers find themselves 3-0 up just after the break. Nicola Katic tapping in at the back post. Alan McGregor then tipped Iqpiuzu's header over the bar as Hearts tried to find a way back into the game. They did score a consolation in the 74th minute. Steve McLean with a diving header after being set up by Mulraney. Then just into injury time, Scott Arfield was denied by a great save by Zlamal. Full time at Tyne Castle, Hearts 1, Rangers 3. Gordon Diel impressive from Rangers this afternoon yeah I think his uh, hearts were bad Rangers were excellent uh, from the first whistle Alisson they totally controlled the game especially in the middle of the park uh, they were too good for hearts that's four games now four victories and 11 goals and it could have been a lot more this afternoon because it was really cruise control hearts apart from their goal offered absolutely nothing I can't understand a team that are playing for Scottish Cup final places uh, there was nothing about them at all they just kicked the ball long it suited Rangers and Rangers just picked up the second balls and totally controlled the game and uh, I thought the Rangers were excellent and uh, this is a difficult place to come at times but certainly not today Rangers made it very easy and it's worrying times for Hearts as, uh, as Hugh touched on there and Budge what a fantastic job she's done here it's a terrific stadium but if you're looking at this stadium that uh, people are starting to go home after 36 minutes you know you've got a problem so Craig Levine's a lot to work to be done but it's all about Rangers today they thoroughly deserved their three points and Stephen Gerrard will be delighted with the performance Rangers ease to victory in the Edinburgh sunshine to make sure there'll be no title party for Celtic this weekend full time at Tyne Castle Hearts 1 Rangers 3 uh, Hugh Keevans Rangers doing the business doing it quite comfortably we've spoken a lot about where Hearts went wrong so let's focus on the positives a job well done a professional job from Rangers without doubt I said in the first half the Rangers supporters would be purring with delight uh, perhaps there would be slight disappointment that the game petered out that chances to further their lead were not taken but their job is to go from now into the end of the season and make Celtic work for their league title make themselves inconvenient where Celtic are concerned now Celtic have to go to Easter Road tomorrow and have to put up a performance against Hibs so that they can work for their title and win it against Kilmarnock next weekend but Rangers have lived up to their side of the bargain they haven't handed the title to Celtic this weekend it's up to Celtic to put a down payment mm. on it tomorrow in the capital but that's a good Rangers performance Mark Wilson they were clinical when they had to be yeah exactly that Gordon um, I thought there were um, you know, many top performers from Rangers today 
you know, Arfield, um, Kamara, Jack, you know, all top performers, Defoe led the line well. I thought the two centre halves dealt with a majority of things. Katic a few times in the first half, but on the whole, thought very good. Tavernier, his usual deliveries. I thought all round a very, very good performance from Rangers and Stephen Gerrard will be delighted and because it's been a, a, a tough week again for him in the media with comments from his chairman and he needed his team to go out and put on a performance and I think they certainly did in what is usually quite a difficult environment but today with their performance levels they made it look easy I think on the back of the defeat by uh, Celtic you know even though the second half was really impressive by Rangers they responded brilliantly because there were some tricky ties there. You're looking at Hearts and you're thinking, right, OK, we know they don't travel to Ibrox particularly well. They managed to do it well and in style. Motherwell, they were really impressive. And again today. So Stephen Gerrard will be pleased. I think over the, when he reflects over the course of the season, there'll be the periods where they haven't ground out a result, which will actually made this kind of more of a, a competition in the long run. Gordon Dale, who was the standout for you? Um, I thought the, the middle of the park was excellent for Rangers today. Kamara controlled it. I thought Arfield first half and parts of the game the second. He really, the only thing was missing for Arfield was uh, a fantastic save from the goalkeeper to deny him a goal. Uh, Davis uh, looked back to controlling football games, but I thought Hearts made it so easy for them, and I'm not taking anything away from Rangers. They were total control of this from start to finish. Uh, but I just thought middle of the part, Ryan Jack come in with a goal as well. Uh, it was too easy for him. It really was. And we always say about how difficult it is to come to Tynecastle. If I was a Hearts fan leaving here, I'd be a bit, I'd be a bit concerned about this. I really would because it's not a blip. You look at the way Hearts play football. I'm sorry everybody plays to their strength and I totally understand that I've been in the situation but this is Hearts they've got a terrific stadium they've got a decent budget their football is non-existent if they've not got strength up front I don't know how they're going to play football because they're route one and I certainly wouldn't be paying my money to come and watch that Okay, finished Hearts 1 Rangers 3 the post-match reaction still to come a bit later on but we're going round the grounds ahead of the 3 o'clock kick-offs next The fastest goals the expert opinions this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here in the studio We've got the top team all around the grounds As we build up to the 3 o'clock games So just to knock Tynecastle on the head for now Let's just get some uh, outside thoughts from the likes of Mark Guidi Mark, was that just a professional job from Rangers Doing all they can, delaying this title as long as possible And keeping up their end of the bargain? Yeah, it was a really good performance Jermaine Defoe showing all the, all the class And if anybody had any doubts about whether he deserves to be at Rangers next season and, and justifying the salary, etc, etc And I think he answered them today He is quality, he's good about the building And, you know, he's re- not only that He's reliable and he's trustworthy He's not going to let you down on the pitch, as it can be the case sometimes with Morello. So that was a real plus point. What the frustration will be is they've tanked hearts again. They've managed to do that all season. And that's when the frustration of not beating Dundee, not beating Hibs, not beating Motherwell, things like that will, will come into play. Because if you'd not two or three of those draws into victories, you're putting real pressure on Celtic tomorrow. And that's a challenge for Rangers going forward to have the mentality and the ability to win week in. Uh, week in and week out that's how you become champions Fraser Wishart 
Yeah, I agree with Mark about Jermaine Defoe and I think Stephen Davis is now beginning to play and show his quality and there's a chat about him staying next season as well. It's just a shame, I think, from a Rangers perspective. I'm sure the supporters will be disappointed. They, they, they didn't come in complete fitness in, in January when they arrived. You know, they were certainly both short of match finishes. It a wee while for them to get to that kind of level. But, uh, you know, Conor Goldson and others were talking during the week about, about the, the challenge for Rangers between now and the end of the season is, is to keep the performance side, keep the, keep the effort going. Don't let it drop. And uh, clearly they've, they've, they've done that. But uh, from a Hearts perspective, you know, they're staring at a cup final at the end of the season, which should really be motivating them. They should be playing with great football, great excitement. But uh, by the sounds of it, listen to you guys uh, talking about it, they just weren't there today. And that's worrying for Craig Levine. Recent, I think, four defeats in the last five. They've not they've got a really horrible run as well. And the danger is for, for them that uh, they've nothing to play for in the league and, and that the wheels fall off their season. So they've got to keep going, got to keep motivated for the cup final. But for Rangers' point of view, excellent performance, excellent three points. OK, then we will get the post-match reaction as soon as we can. We'll hear from Craig Levine, we'll hear from... Stephen Gerrard and assess what they had to say how they looked back on the Hearts 1 Rangers 3 scoreline at Tynecastle let's go around the grounds though ahead of some huge games in the Premiership this afternoon let's start nearer the top Kilmarnock against Aberdeen the battle for third perhaps Andrew McLean is watching that one yeah both these managers have sort of been tipped during the week to take over from Alex McLeish but it'll be full focus on the final five games of the season as you said you know third place both of them looking to finish there they're both on 58 points both locked on that of course fourth doesn't guarantee you a European qualification spot next season so they'll be desperate to finish above each other this season Aberdeen they are really the one side that have caused Steve Clark real problems since he came to Rugby Park just one win he's had over Derek McInnes but Kamarik Doing well recently, unbeaten in the last six matches, and the Dons play as well. They'll be hoping they can get over that disappointment of last weekend's Scottish Cup semi-final loss to Celtic. As for team news, it's a 4-3-3 for Kilmarnock. Daniel Backwind starts in goal. It's a back four of Stephen O'Donnell, Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Greg Taylor. It's Yusuf Malumbu, Gary Dicker and Alan Power in the middle with Chris Burke and Rory McKenzie. Either side of the returning Eamon Brophy. The substitutes, McDonald, Bruce, Boyd and Jolie McElhenney, Miller and Millen. As for Aberdeen, a 4-4-2 for them today. Joe Lewis starts in goal. It's a back four of Don Ball, Mikey Devlin, Scott McKenna and Andrew Considine. It's then Conor McClellan, Conor McLennan, Stephen Gleeson, Graham Shinney and Max Lowe across the midfield with Stephen May supporting Sam Cosgrove up front. The substitutes, Cherney, Wilson, Halford, Campbell, Tangana, Ross and Vitronin. The referee for this one is Stephen McLean. We'll look at the Scotland angle a bit later on, Hugh. We'll get all the guys involved in that discussion, but just in a purely footballing sense, Kilmarnock against Aberdeen with all that's at stake in the league is set up to be a cracker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I fancy Kilmarnock to get the point uh, I, I thought Aberdeen were outclassed by Celtic last weekend Totally outclassed uh, That in itself has no bearing on today's game But I just think that Stevie Clark will want to finish A week in which he has taken centre stage With regard to replacing Alec McLeish He'll want to finish that week Showing that he deserves to be manager of the year For a second successive season I think Aberdeen will get a, a response um, from last week's poor performance Derek McInnes will ask out of his team I think the fans the travelling fans and Aberdeen fans do travel well deserve that I think they'll go to Rugby Park and get something today it's been a terrific season for Kilmarnock but I think Aberdeen's squad edges them in terms of quality and I think they'll go there and get something I know where Hugh's coming from saying it shouldn't have a bearing on today um the, the whole point of Lewis Ferguson sending off is it does have a direct bearing on today because he can't play yeah and that'll be a disappointing thing he, he has to learn from that Gordon it was a, a moment of madness last week resulting in a red card and rightly so uh, so he has to learn from that but it's an opportunity you know when you look at uh, Aberdeen's form on the road Gordon it's been really impressive this year you know I think you know 
they're third in the away form and uh, most of this year they were leading that that form so uh, I think they'll go on and win uh, today comfortably OK let's hear from both managers then Stevie Clark up first I think it'll be a tough game because obviously they're, they'll be hurting badly from last week they lost the game in a bad way last week so they'll, they'll be hurting they'll be looking at the last five games as, as five cup finals to try and get into Europe so we expect a tough challenge but we'll be ready for it it's very difficult to, for us to think of Europe because it was never a it was never a pre-season objective the, the pre-season objective was to try and build on what we did last season I think we've managed to do that you know, so we reached the we reached the post split fixtures in good health, having achieved what we wanted to achieve from the season. So we've got five great matches to look forward to. Last year in the post split fixtures, I think we managed to pick up four points, and if we could beat that this year, then that would be great. Stevie Clark up against Derek McInnes this afternoon. No, you're right. It won't be decided, but it is an important fixture with five games to go. We've got a good record against Kilmarnock, and we're going to have to play well to maintain that because they're a good side. You know, like I've said before, a lot of teams can show form over a period of months and maybe over a season. Kilmarnock have been a bit more than that under Steve the last few while, eighteen months or so. They've been very good, uh, and rightly that's been recognised by the vast majority. The good work been done there. So we've got a tough job in our hands. There's no doubt, but we go there with. Uh, High expectations ourselves, and uh, and hopefully, as I say, the, the intention of making us a difficult opponent for Kamana. Okay, we've got a huge Lanarkshire derby at the Hope CBD Stadium, perhaps more so for Hamilton and their relegation uh, safety attempts. Mark Guidi's watching it. Hi, Mark. Yeah, hi, Gordon. You're absolutely right. For Hamilton, Aki's, you know, a victory today would probably mean that they certainly wouldn't go straight down. That would probably assure them of, uh, of a playoff spot at least, but they'll be looking uh, even more ahead to just avoiding any kind of confrontation with relegation altogether. And a victory today against Motherwell, the Lanarkshire rivals would certainly see them do that. They've lost the last two Lanarkshire uh, derbies to uh, Motherwell, but Brian Rice and his players come into this one knowing that just a fourth victory since the winter break would be enough to really give them a start. But for Motherwell, they're not thrown in the till yet. They're in eighth place. They want to try and finish the best of the rest. They're only a point behind St Johnston at the moment. And certainly that's a motivation for them as they get into the final four or five games of the season. For Hamilton Aki's, Brian Rice goes with a 4-4-1-1 formation. It's Gary Woods in goals at the back. Aaron McGowan, Ziggy Gordon, Matt Kilgallen and Scott McMahon. In midfield, it's Dougie Emery, Darren McKinnon, Scott Martin and David McMillan. And up front, it's Tony Andrew just off the striker Steve Davis on the bench for Aki's. It's Oakley, Godjic, Smith. Mino, Sowa and Okompe and the sub-goalkeeper is Fulton for um, Motherwell they go with a 4-3-3 formation it is Mark Gillespie in goals at the back Liam Grimshaw Tom Aldred Charles Dunn and Richard Tate in midfield Alan Campbell Alex Gorin and David Turnbull and the strikers Gabole Aribe James Scott and Elliot Freer on the bench for Steve Robinson's team. It is McHugh, Hartley and Cadden, Salmon, Hasty and Semple. Sub-goalkeeper is Ferguson. And today's match referee at the Hope CBD Stadium is Don Robertson. Let's hear from both managers then, starting with Brian Rice, the home boss. Hamilton's legendary for being in a dogfight. Uh, it's something they've always thrived on. But uh, it's your responsibility, my responsibility, uh, first and foremost, to make sure that this town has got a Premier League club. Uh, and I keep saying to the players, it's not just about you and your families and your mates, it's about this town. And it's not about the name on the back of the shirt, it's about the name on the front of the shirt that matters. And the players have experienced enough and we've done, had enough conversations about you know, where we are, where we need to be, what we need to do. They're not stupid boys I'm working with, you know, they're, they're good lads, they understand the situation, same as they do at Dundee, same as they do at St Mirren. Short trip for Stephen Robinson this afternoon. The good thing about the game is we'll take quite a lot of fans. 
you know, so it'll be a decent atmosphere. It won't be an end of season feel. Hamilton are fighting for their lives as well. Um, you know, so I think it'll be a good game. It won't be a typical end of season game. Um, our boys will be right up for it. You know, boys are playing for different reasons. Um, but we, you know, the, the combined reason is we want three points. We want to finish the season on a high. I think we'll have nearly eight academy boys involved in the 18 and the starting 11. Um, and it just, you know, it gives another opportunity to keep progressing towards next season. Martin Guidi, how much does the psychology of so-called not having something to play for come into this? D- does that favour Aki's because they've got a clear objective, whereas Motherwell maybe don't? Yeah, but you think it should. If you've always got something to play for, you would expect to just have that extra little edge about your game. But it can work against you in terms of you know anxiety, feeling it a bit when you go into the pitch. Whereas Motherwell, nice and relaxed, their motivation is just simply to to finish the best of the rest and to win a Lanarkshire derby. Their motivation is not about their livelihoods and saving jobs, or it be the you know players or their teammates or or jobs around the football club. So it's a different kind of pressure. But as you said earlier, Gordon, I heard you when I was driving over. Uh, he, you know, Motherwell will pack out the, the away end and then some. And uh, you know, to the to the paying customer, they've got to go and uh, show that they're worthy of wearing the jersey. Call off the search, though, Mark. There's the quote of the day from Brian Rice. For that reason alone, he deserves three points. It's not about the name on the back of the shirt. The jersey, it's yeah. about the name on the front. Hamilton Ackies If you and I were back In the old newspaper offices <laughs> Now we'd be saying Lovely I tell you what That's one thing about Brian Rice Because he's been An assistant manager All these days 15-20 years You never really got To, to, to hear him uh, Hugh But he's certainly Good value for, for money That's for sure As a manager In terms of what he gives To the, to the media Very honest Straight from the heart And he's backed it up Mark Because yep. you know Martin Canning Got himself into a fankle uh, The heart's uh, the Hamilton Ackies fans uh, and Martin Canning were having a, a running battle. I think the Ackies fans went too far. However, that's in the past. And Brian Rice has come in, accepted the responsibility, not for a football team, as he says, but for a town in Lanarkshire. And if he wins today, they're safe, no question. That was Mark Guidi at the Hope CBD Stadium looking ahead to the Lanarkshire Derby between Hamilton and Motherwell Let's check in with Dave Galloway He's at St Johnston Dundee Which is another one of those Which is huge at the bottom And if you're a fan of the other teams You'll also be keeping an eye on it Good afternoon Dave Good afternoon Gordon Well Dundee have just five games left To save their Premiership status And it all starts today Here at McDermott Park The Dark Blues sitting three points Behind St Mirren At the bottom of the league And a further four adrift Of Hamilton Ackies Seventh place St Johnson though Are determined to end An inconsistent campaign As positively as they can By at least finishing top Of the bottom half of the table And they have a 100% record Against Dundee this season So far with three wins They'll fancy their chances Of a Clean sweep. St Johnston just make the one change. Liam Gordon replaces Jason Kerr. So it's Xander Clark in goals, a back four for the Saints of Richard Foster, Joe Shocknessy, Liam Gordon, and Scott Tanzer. Midfield Michael O'Halloran, Liam Craig. Uh, Ross Callahan and Matty Kennedy. Up top, Callum Henry and Chris Kane. These substitutes, Bell, Alston, Davidson, Wotherspoon, Swanson, Easton and Goss. Dundee make a couple of changes. Kenny Miller and Scott Wright replace uh, Callum Moore and Jesse Curran. So it's Senny Deng in goals. Across the back, Cami Kerr, Ryan McGowan, Darren O'Dea and Nathan Ralph. Midfield, Joe O'Sullivan, Ethan Robson, Paul McGowan and Scott Wright up front. Kenny Miller and Craig Curran, the dark blue substitutes 
today for this must-win match. Parish, Kasunga, Woods, Dales, Nelson, Curran and Moore. And the match referee here at McDermott, Alan Muir. Uh, Dave, I'm looking at the league table at the moment and it's obviously a big day for all the teams down the bottom. Hamilton, St Mirren and Dundee. But when you consider Dundee are already seven points away from complete safety, a Dundee defeat coupled with a Hamilton win, that could pretty much be them next to guaranteed a playoff place at best. Undoubtedly, Gordon, if there is to be a great escape, you would think it would really have to begin right here, right now. The Dark Blues, as you've mentioned, on the back of seven successive defeats. But, you know, I've been at Dens Park this week. I've spoken to the manager and, and, and the players. You know, there doesn't seem to be any panic setting in, uh, at least not outwardly. There's a determination and confidence that they, they can still stay up. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to win today. They really will. Uh, OK, let's dip into the Championship because the bottom of the Championship is one of the most exciting sections of any league in Europe. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Fraser Wishart's watching Partick Thistle against Alloa. Sum it all up for us, Fraser. I've only got two minutes. I don't think you could do it in two minutes, but you're absolutely right. The bottom of the table is unbelievable with the Championship. You know? And if, if results go us a crazy way today, you might even have them firmly looking over the shoulder thinking, could we be dragged into it as well? So it's, it's unbelievable. It's a beautiful day here. Is, is everywhere at Fir Hill, you know, but uh, beneath this uh, calm exterior, everybody here knows uh, how important this game is. Two years ago, at this time, they were just celebrating, finishing the top six in the Premiership and enjoying an excellent season. Now they're facing the real danger of back-to-back relegations and a horrible prospect of League One football next season. I said earlier, you don't have to tell anyone around this club of the importance of today's match. Huge changes made last summer by Alan Archibald. Had a lot of players go for financial reasons. The relegation this season would see huge changes around this football club again. All and off the field but they must take heart from a good draw against the champions elect Ross County last week and although they're bottom of the league Patrick Thistle do have a game in hand it's against Air United this midweek before they play Air and then Queen of the South in a huge game at, uh, in, in the final day of the season which might go a long way to deciding who stays up and who goes down Alloa will come to this game full of confidence we've spoken about them often on the show particularly last week uh, they won four in a row to really frighten the other teams around them at the bottom of the table and Jim Goodwin will know a win today and they'll be virtually safe and I think their players will be fair Relaxed. I saw him last week beat Queen of the South, a tidy, well organised team, experience in key areas, hard to beat. And then Andy Graham's got a great leader at the back. He'll play with a broken nose sustained last week, and he's got a gash in his calf that he's had for weeks as well. He just straps up every week. So a tough 90 minutes for the Jags, and I think a nervy day for Partick Thistle supporters. Thistle, perhaps unsurprisingly, are unchanged from their starting 11 that played last weekend against the Ross County. Jamie Sneddon's in goals, a back three of Jack McMillan, Stephen Anderson, and Sean McGinty. In the middle, Christy Elliott, Shea Gordon, Craig Slater, Blair Spittle, and James Penrice with experienced strikers Chris Doolan and Scott McDonald on the bench Connor Hazard Gary Harkins Miles Storey Aidan Fitzpatrick Lewis Mansell Joe Cardle and Stephen Saunders one change for Alloa they brought in Connor Shields for Kevin Colley they've got Neil Parry in goals a back four John Robertson Andy Graham Scott Taggart and Liam Dick two in midfielder Ian Flanagan and Stephen Hetherington with Connor Shields Alan Troughton and Dario Zanata behind the main striker at Jack Aitchison the subs Chris Henry Sam Roscoe Kevin Colley Jack Hamilton Adam Brown Jordan Kirkpatrick and Reese Peggy and the referee today at Hill is David Monroe uh, Fraser such contrasting outlooks for these sides like you say Partick Thistle they're on the brink of disaster really by going down and Alawa on the brink of becoming one of the success stories across the country this season it's been unbelievable that the four wins in a row have really set the cat amongst the pigeons and uh, I know from speaking to players at the, at the clubs like Partick Thistle Morton Falkirk Queen of the South they can't even speak about contracts for next season because they've no idea which league they're going to be in so there's a lot of uncertainty around players start to get a wee bit edgy when their own contracts are coming to an end 
and, and football players aren't daft you know the guys at Partick Thistle have been here for years and years they know that even behind the scenes you know staff may lose their jobs if they're relegated they see big changes any time there's relegation so players are always very aware of all these situations and that just adds to the pressure whereas for Alloa Athletic they're a part time team and I'm not saying that it won't matter to them if they do go down of course players want to play at the higher level but as individuals they can hold their head high uh, and at the end of the season should they go down because they've been absolutely terrific as the only part time team in a full time league they've been outstanding and uh, this is a big game I do think Thistle will win this one by the odd goal but it's going to be a long 90 minutes I think for the supporters OK yet another big game at the bottom of the Premiership sees Livingston take on St Mirren Roger Hanna's watching that one for us Roger yeah and a huge game for St Mirren especially still stuck in that, the relegation playoff place Gordon they are three points ahead of Dundee who have got that derby against St Johnson at Perth this afternoon and maybe Oren Kearney is looking above at Hamilton for further four points clear and that really represents safety 10th place decent travelling support from Paisley already here at the Tony Macaroni Arena they know they've only got five games to save their season I feel like and then against a side well Gary Holt says he doesn't want his Livingston team to be on the beach. They've had a fantastic season. They, they came up through the playoffs behind last season's championship title winner St Mirren. But they've certainly eclipsed the Paisley team in their achievements in the first season back in the top flight. They could still finish above St Johnson and Motherwell in seventh place and best of the rest. And that would be a terrific achievement for a side who, if you remember, started the season with Kenny Miller as player-manager. We're still waiting on a Livy team this afternoon, God, but St Mirren, they go with Bashla Fladke and goals are back three of Jack Baird, Gary McKenzie, who's returned to fitness, but a major late season boost for the buddies. And Mihai Papescu, five across the midfield, Paul McGinn, Stephen McGinn, Ryan Flynn, Brad Lyons, and Ethan Erhorn, with Anders Dreyer in behind the lone striker and a former Livy striker, Danny Mullen. On the bench, Holmes, Muzek, Hodgson, Jackson, McGinnis, Ferdinand McAllister. Referee here at the Tony Macaroni is Willie Collum, and we'll try and bring in the Livingston team as soon as I get it. That was Roger Hanna at the Tony Macaroni Arena looking ahead to Livingston. St Mirren, that's you up to speed then with all your team news, all your pre-match build-up to Hamilton, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Levy, St Mirren, St Johnson, Dundee and in the Championship, Partick, Thistle, Alloa, not forgetting loads of other big games across the Championship and beyond as well. In the early kick-off at Tynecastle, it finished Hearts 1, Rangers 3. Rangers strolling into a three-goal lead before Hearts pulled one back through Stephen McLean. We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, the top team all around the grounds. I think Gordon Dale should still be sitting enjoying the sunshine in the capital. Oh, I'm absolutely loving it, Gordon. Loving yeah, it's it. funny because usually you're moaning to get away and it's dark no, and they're going to be no, shut no. in the stadium. No such problems cream. today. I'm, I'm here at six tonight. I'm here at six. Sun cream on that big nose of yours. Shut up, you. <laughs> Uh, did you enjoy yourself at the, the pub quiz last night? Were you much used to the team? Oh, I thought uh, I was a big part of the team's success. Um, Wilson didn't contribute much. Ah, oh, away you go, you. Um, Hugh and myself, the old knowledge there, and uh, a little help from Andrew as well. So it was a good team performance, apart from Willow, who we probably have put in the bench. <laughs> yeah, but listen, we win as a team, we lose as no, a we team. No, don't, you don't forget that. Get him out. <laughs> I can't, he drove me home <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing you've done all night uh, Gordon, just since the, the dust has settled a little bit wh What did you make of what you saw this afternoon? You've had a bit more time to think about yeah, it I think, I, I think Hearts are coming in for a lot of criticism And rightly so, Gordon But you've got to be fair in Rangers Because as we all say it here It's a difficult place to come The sun was shining, the pitch was brilliant There was a good atmosphere 
But Rangers strolled us, really, really strolled it. They were comfortable from start to finish. Yeah, they'll be disappointed with the goal they lost, of course, will. Uh, but the middle of the part, I thought today, had a great balance about it. They knocked it about, they played football. Defoe's always playing on the shoulder, got through. The minute he gets through, one and one with goalkeeper. That's, that sets a tone for the game. And then Rangers just, you know, they, they, it was easy street for them. Craig Levine, I'll be desperate to hear what he says after well, the game. You know, Stephen Gerrard said before the game that uh, Hearts were a tough team to beat. And I said at the time, no, they're not. And that was their 14th defeat of the season, Hearts. You know, that, that, that is just not good enough. You, that's four times this season. And um, I've got to say, I don't think Rangers will get it any easier. Hearts were dreadful. And that's not, as I keep saying, let's give Rangers all the credit in the world. They've came here, professional job, comfortable job. Um, but Hearts are absolutely mm. dreadful. If they don't have a long ball, I don't see how they can get anything out of a football game. OK, we're going to bring all the guys into this discussion. Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard. This is his post-match assessment. Team performance was very strong. Um, you know, a lot of positives uh, to take away uh, from Tynecastle. Really pleased. Nearly, nearly the perfect performance, really. We, we obviously wanted a clean sheet. Um, we gave them a little bit of joy down um, our, our right side, their left side. Towards the end, they were getting too many crosses in for my liking, so um, you knew that they were going to get a chance. Um, so a bit disappointed in that, but in the main, obviously very delighted with the um, with the performance. Yeah, I suppose the one frustration for you, but you were so dominant today. Mm. Yeah, I think our play today was very entertaining. I think on another day we could have got five, six goals with that last little bit of quality at the end, but... Um, you know, to come to a place like this is, is difficult. Um, so to score three goals and win the game quite comfortable um, is, is, is a huge bonus for us. Good to have the chance to bring Matt home. Yeah, uh, the idea with Matt was obviously to get him in, uh, get him settled in the city for a couple of months. You know, it's a big change for him. Get him used to the dressing room and uh, get him used to Rangers, the pressure of Rangers. He's settled down really well. Um, he's performed really strong in the reserve team. And then the idea was always to introduce him before the end of the season. Uh, and then get a strong pre-season under him and he'll be ready for next year um, he's a good player I think he might surprise a few big, big motivation not to hand it on a plate to Celtic for tomorrow uh, no look we can't control what, what happens across the road I think we can only focus on our work and um, you know we went on the back of two really strong performances we made it three today and um, you know a lot of fingers have come our way and a lot of criticism because we haven't been consistent enough so the challenge from now till the end of the season is can we find a level of consistency Till, till the summer and, and see where we end up um, but the focus is just on Rangers and our points that are available there's 12 left and we want to give it a, uh, our best efforts to try and take maximum points if we can Mark Guidi listening to Stephen Gerrard talking there a lot of the discussion this week centred around that letter from Dave King to the Rangers fans saying they are within tangible reach of becoming the dominant force in Scottish football some agree some disagree I suppose the challenge now for Stephen Gerrard who by the way sort of distanced himself from the comments yeah. is just to find that level of consistency and then work towards that yeah he, he's got to um, you know I think Dave King's comments you understand why a chairman would make it and you've got to believe that he could always do it but there's absolutely no evidence to, to back it up they haven't won a major trophy in what seven years not even a cup final um, this season and at the moment the league's looking a lot could be you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 points of a difference come um, May the 19th so there's a lot of work to be done at Rangers but 
across the city there's a lot of work to be done at Celtic and depending what Celtic do with their managerial situation and how they revamp their squad it might give Rangers hope but the bottom line is if it push comes to shove Celtic should be able to outspend Rangers all day long in the market over the next two or three months so it all points towards um, Rangers not becoming champions um, in the next 12 months but you could never rule them out and it's up to the board to support the manager as best they can I think they've really pushed the boat out the past two years in terms of Pedro Cachinha and then Steven Gerrard but they'll have to I don't know find a, a fleet of armadas from somewhere um, to go and try and uh, catch Celtic but I wouldn't rule them out Fraser Wisher well, I think Stephen Gerrard did well to sort of sidestep the question after Dave King had said there was, there was tangible contact or touching distance, if you like, of, of, of Celtic, and, and also gave the wee message that uh, you know he's, he's not got a magic wand. I think was one of the quotes, and uh, that uh, he's probably going to need money over over the summertime. But uh, you know we, we debate a lot in the show, especially recently, about are Rangers better the, uh, after a year of Stephen Gerrard? I think a performance like today shows they are. You know that there's a real basis of, of a decent squad there. They're still going to need players, of course, to, to, to challenge Celtic and. Uh, I think Mark's absolutely right. A lot of it will depend on, on what Celtic do and how successful Celtic are in the transfer market. But uh, the Rangers of, of 12 months ago wouldn't have gone to Tynecastle and, and put in a, such a comprehensive performance. And uh, Defoe showing that he's going to score a lot of goals, I think, next season for, for Rangers. Davis showing that he's still got a bit to offer as well because they're both good footballers, both good pros, good people around to have around the place so so things are brighter for Rangers but uh, again it does come back to it they haven't won a trophy again not been close to winning a trophy um, a bit behind Celtic and of course the cup ties I think that's the, the big thing that uh, Rangers have let them, their fans down this year is just they haven't competed in the, in the cup so uh, a bit of work to be done over the summertime but for Rangers just got to keep the performances going and end the season on a high and look to bring in some new players to try and challenge Celtic next year You have to please if you're a Rangers supporter you have to acknowledge that that was entertaining football uh, 12 months ago all we spoke about was Rangers and disarray Rangers and regular cuffings from Celtic uh, but this team today look as if given that Kent and Morelos will come back given that Stephen Gerrard's about to go to Anfield and ask for more Liverpool players uh, this team could go on and do a bit of a job next season but for me total domination of Scottish football means you win the treble so it's a tall order to ask a man to go from a trophyless season to the treble. However, what will be will be next season. In the meantime, Rangers have to make it a matter of inconvenience for Celtic. They have to force Celtic into the pressure situation of Easter Road tomorrow. Uh, Celtic have a very tough game there against a side who have improved by leaps and bounds under Paul Hickenbottom. So that's for Celtic as, as Stephen Gerrard said He can't control Celtic So Celtic have to go there tomorrow And do a job And then set up the trophy day At uh, Celtic Park next weekend Against Kilmarnock So it's giving us an invigorating end to the season If nothing else uh, Roger Hanna What have you made of this week then the, the tangible reach The sidestep if you like From Stephen Gerrard And then the convincing performance From Rangers this afternoon Yeah I think Stephen Gerrard Was probably quite wise to sidestep it yesterday um, I know Dave King needs to sell season tickets But as we said in the show on Tuesday night um, They're not within tangible reach Of any sort of domination They're still 8 points behind Celtic Who have a game in hand They're out one cup to Aberdeen in a quarter-final, one cup to Aberdeen in a semi-final. So, Stephen Gerrard will just want to focus on continuing this good run of form post the Old Firm defeat. They've done well twice against Hearts. They've done well against Motherwell. Um, I think 
he will want to finish the season with four wins and that will sell more season tickets than any words that Dave King could utter. Yeah, because these things can flip around very quickly, Mark Weedy. I think everyone accepts that Celtic are going to win the league. Um, but Hibs have been brilliant under Paul Heckingbottom and all of a sudden, if Celtic, I appreciate it's an if, if Celtic don't pick up the three points tomorrow, there is a real chance for Rangers to, yes, n- concede the title, but do it in a far more respectable manner than perhaps it looked like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the challenge for Rangers certainly be, well, if they can, to win all their, their, their remaining games, but also uh, to certainly to beat Celtic at Ibrox, um, uh, the, the second last weekend uh, of the season. Perhaps now, you know, if the result doesn't go Celtic's way tomorrow, that Steven Gerrard was wish he was playing Celtic next weekend and uh, you know, got a chance to put real pressure on them. But I think Celtic will go there uh, to Easter Road tomorrow um, and win. But, uh, you know, apart from managers and players and, and boardrooms, there's two very important people or two very important departments at both clubs over the next 12 weeks and that's the recruitment department set up by Matt Allen at Rangers he's got a couple of good signings in the door but a couple of ones that leave a lot to be desired that they've wasted potentially wasted millions of pounds on I think he has to improve and across the city Lee Conger and I don't expect to be there uh, at Celtic so it'll be interesting to see what they do in their department as well Gordon DL what do you make of that side of it then because I mentioned earlier on there are clearly a number of people out there who judge Jermaine Defoe very quickly now a few weeks in a couple of months in you look at his stats he's looking decent certainly not saying he's been out of this world but he's certainly not been as bad as some people would have you believe and if he's building towards next season might he play a, a big part well the one thing about him and we always said that he could score goals given the chance um, and he's shown that yes he got off to a slow start but I think Hugh said it earlier a big problem is going to be a headache for the Rangers manager because Defoe's not going to get you millions of pounds in the transfer market and if you've got Morelos sitting on the bench then his value goes down the way So as, and, and I've watched the two of them play together and I think to be honest I think Defoe prefers being up there on his own with Arfield and Candace coming off the wide areas and, and creating chances for him. And I think Morelis is the exact same. I think he likes being a lone striker as well. Great headache to have. Mm. But the one thing about Defoe, and I said it before the game kicked off, if they put balls in the box or he gets a chance, nine times out of ten he puts them in the back of the net and he's starting to show that. Well, this is what Steven Gerrard had to say on that very topic. Jermaine's got <coughs> unbelievable quality and I think if you play a system that suits Jermaine and helps him in certain things, he can get your goals, he gives you movement. Um, you can see the defenders are really scared to get too close to him because of his quality. and He's contributing, whether it be assists or goals, and that's what all we can ask. So he's got the nine shirt at the moment. Um, it'll be interesting how he performs from now to the end of the season. I don't pick on reputation and, and name. Um, I think in the first six months of the season, Alfredo was in that good of form. It just made sense to, to bring him back and there wasn't really anyone challenging him for that number nine. There's a challenge there now, you can see it. There's a player there playing with his confidence high. He's creating chances for us, he's scoring goals. Um, that's the way Rangers should be. We should have options in that area, especially that area. Alex Ray. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a brilliant dile- dilemma to have. Uh, you look at uh, Morelos coming back, you talk about the money, Gordon Dale hits uh, the nail on the head in terms of, you know, well, well, he's the one with the value. But for me, you play the guy that's actually playing on form. Defoe's come in. There was a lot of question marks uh, in terms of what he brought to the table. The actual system works really well because Scott Arf- Arfield gets a hat-trick in his last game, gets man in the match today. So are you going to rejig all that to, to suit Morelos just to try and get him, you know, his value up? Because uh, he's already scored 29 goals, so people know what he can actually do. 
He's also got the issue of the off the field discipline. But for me, you play your strongest team because it's more important for Rangers to actually get to the summer having gone on a good run. And as I think it was uh, Fraz said that the performances will dictate in terms of season tickets flying out the door. And if you go on a run beaten run towards the end of the season, people have belief in. Yeah, I mean, Mark Guidi, Alfredo Morelos' value, I can't imagine is going to be impacted too much if he sits out the last three games of the season from the start or whatever it would be. No, I mean, clubs, if any clubs are coming in for him, um, they'll have a value on him and, and the value is already set. Yeah. Uh, what might actually increase his value is because if he goes and scores a couple of goals against Celtic, if he happens to play against him, if anything, that could work in Rangers' favour. That is a potential because that's been levelled against him. Yeah, he scored 29 goals, he is a goal scorer, but he's not scored against Celtic, he's missed a couple of sitters against him. So that could certainly increase his value. But I think if you look at Jermaine Defoe and the fact that he gets a pre-season under his belt, yeah, he'll be a year older, but he looks after himself. For me, it, it kind of points towards probably selling Morelos. If you get the right bid, I can see the sense in, uh, in selling Morelos in the summer. Yeah, because, you know, Rangers will, as Alec is frequently telling us, they will strengthen in the summer. But somebody has to pay for that. You know, Rangers are not yet a sustainable business. And somebody has to pay for all of this And the, the simple way to do that Is to sell Morelos And that's why I believe Morelos Would have to come back into the team As Mark said If he scored a goal against Celtic It would heighten the profile further But money and Rangers are indivisible And somebody or something Has to finance the summertime changes Can I ask you a question Hugh, just of, cause I don't know the answer And that's the reason why I'm asking is When does the actual Europa League money uh, fall into the coffers Is that already being paid in In terms of the money you get off of UEFA, FIFA uh, I would imagine it's there uh, But I don't imagine that it's enough Alec to, to fund the transfer rebuilding job That needs to be done in the summertime As well as I mean Rangers still have loans uh, As well So Morelos In terms of balancing mm. the books Would seem to be the easy option If there's a buyer and the money is to your satisfaction He could underwrite a lot of what goes on Yeah because it's not a case of Oh we're going to have to sell them and, and just deal with the consequences and take the money the, the whole reason we're having this conversation Roger Hanna is based on If Jermaine Defoe can continue to perform Because then it doesn't seem like such a blow In a, a playing perspective Yeah and I take my point on board about Morelos you know, Needing goals and big games to, to boost his uh, sale value Morelos shouldn't be playing in the game against Celtic at Ibrox. He doesn't deserve to be in the starting lineup. Um, he's been given too many chances this season. He's let his teammates down too often this season. And quite frankly, Defoe and Arfield have picked up the baton since Morelos has been suspended, and they deserve to stay in the team. Um, so I think, you know, Stephen Gerrard could send out a message to the player by just keeping him on the bench once his suspension's finally over. Is, is it, sorry, Hugh, is it, is, he's only got one more game to go. Is that the Hibernian game? And then effectively he's, he's available for the, the, the game. Uh, sorry, it's Aberdeen game next, isn't it? So then the, he's available for the Hibs game. So yeah. there's a game before we get to the old forum game to make that decision. I, I think, you know, we were chatting about it earlier, Alex, the way the Rangers team are playing, you know, in the midfield in particular with Defoe and the team, what a lot more freedom. With, with Defoe in that role. Now, if you've got that and your midfielders are playing with more freedom and you've got a guy who can still score goals then he's every right to stay in that team. OK, we'll leave that one there because we're going back around the grounds to build up to some huge three o'clock games next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. 
talktothompsons.com Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray in the studio The top team all around the grounds 15 minutes until kick-off It's that stage of the season where the pre-match nerves will be setting in Particularly at McDermott Park at the Tony Macaroni Arena And perhaps at the Hope CBD Stadium as well uh, Mark Guidi Stephen Robinson alluding to the fact in the last couple of days that you know he might take a look at some of the youngsters. He's not changed the team a lot recently. It's been pretty consistent. But Jake Hasty, he drops out. Will he move to Rangers? Will he move elsewhere? And young James Scott is back in. I don't think we've seen much of him since the infamous throw-in goal at Celtic Park. So maybe that cushion that Mother will have is allowing them to have a look at some other players. Yeah, you know, it's a chance, and uh, you know J- James Scott certainly has a good reputation about the club, so it will be be good to watch him and, and have a closer look at him uh, also as well um, you're looking at, at Thumble too just to see how he progresses a lot of teams fancy him Gordon as I'm sure you're, you're well aware and I think Motherwell are going to have proper bids to deal with uh, this summer in terms of Tumble so we'll see what happens there and then for Hamilton Aki just to see if they can get, a, get another victory uh, you know a, a victory I think will all but secure their, their, their safety um, today and uh, it's certainly something for them to aim for It's not been the easiest derby to call in recent years it used to just swing back and forward they used to just take it shots about turn each at winning the game um, Mother will have won the last couple I think so um, I, I can't imagine there'll be a great deal in this one no, I, 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 I kind of. If you look on paper, I think man for man, Motherwell are certainly a better team starting 11. But with Hamilton having that wee edge to, to play for, I think that gives them something. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 2 2 draw today, Gordon. And that was Mark Guidi at the Hope CBD Stadium looking ahead to Hamilton against Motherwell. Just one of some fantastic fixtures we've got for you this afternoon. Uh, let's go back to the Tony Macaroni Arena. Roger Hanna, the St Mirren fans travelling through there today. Um, they know fine well how beneficial three points could be. Oh yeah, I mean the sun is shining in, I'm just looking away to my right here Gordon at the away end, it's the Mirren fans piling in, the sun's shining on them, they'll be hoping the sun is not going down on their spell in the Premier League because Livingston, today's hosts have, have dealt with a higher division so much better than St Mirren have this season. Um, you know this in, you know, you know the Livingston lineup, I should, I should say, almost every week. Um, you know how they're going to play. They've caused problems. They've been defensively diligent. Haven't let in as many goals, anything like as many goals as St Mirren. And, and they look a team well set for the Premiership. St Mirren, at no stage through the season, be it with Alan Stubbs, be it with Oren Kearney, have particularly convinced you that they're going to stay in this league. And even now, with five games to go, there's only three points separating them without automatic relegation. It seems a long way, those four points to Hamilton and safety. So today and every game subsequent to this, Gordon, is going to be huge for the future of St Mirren. Um, they need guys like Danny Mullen to cut his teeth here at Livingston to step up to the mark and start scoring goals Anders Dreyer who showed a bit of courage taking that penalty at Hamilton before the split they need a big display from him Brad Lyons who's impressed in flashes since coming up on loan from Blackburn Rovers is another one Oren Kearney needs his big players to start stepping up to the plate otherwise the anxiety and the stress and the worry that these St Mirren supporters are bringing with them into the Tony Macaroni this afternoon is going to linger for another four games Similarities with the, the Lanarkshire Derby Roger in that St Mirren are the ones that really have have to win, really have that incentive. Uh, Livingston in a 
you know, in a, in a safe position, not as much to play for. Do you, do you think that does come into the equation? I'm never sure it does. You know, you could, you could look at the other side of the coin and say, you know, Livingston are unburdened of, of any worries or anxiety. And if you know, free to play, they've got good players. You look at Ryan Hardy, he, he's one of like There's plenty of support pouring forward to get close to him. The likes of Lawless and Sybil and Robinson and St Mirren don't play well here, Gordon. They played here twice in the calendar year of 2018, lost twice, conceded seven goals in the process, once in the championship coming up once in the Premiership once they were up so they don't seem to like it here um, and Warren Kearney will be hoping that that doesn't add to the, the pressures this afternoon they did get a win at home to Livy the last time they met Ryan Flynn scored that dramatic last minute winner at Paisley a few weeks ago and that has been crucial in getting them away from Dundee so uh, if I could sign up for one of those 2-2 draws Mark Weary's promised us at Hamilton I would take that this afternoon and I have a feeling Oren Kearney might take it as well Shows you how things change in football, Roger Hannah. I'm just thinking back to to this time last year. This is when you know trophies start to be handed out. It'll be round about now when St Mirren romped to the championship. They were very impressive. They had an impressive squad. Lewis Morgan, Jack Ross leading them from the dugout. Who would have predicted then that not only Livingston would join them, but then would completely outperform them in the top flight? Yeah, and, and you look at the St Mirren team, it, it's unrecognisable from that one. I was there the day they clinched the title at Paisley. Uh, I think with Jack Ross and Steve McGinn on, on the show that night, and the, the whole place was alive at the thought of going back to the Premiership. And it's been one long disappointment for St Mirren this season. Um, Alan Stubbs, the man who was brought in to replace Jack Ross, didn't work for him. Oren Kearney, it's taken them time. They, they both changed all, you know, the, the squad immeasurably. I think there's only about four of the team that came up less than a year ago starting this afternoon for some of them. They are unrecognisable. The performances have been unrecognisable from the swagger they had last season with the likes of Lewis Morgan and players like that. Even the Stephen McGinn's and the Paul McGinn's, you know, hard though they've worked this season, even they haven't been able to to show the quality that they showed in that championship winning season. So it's been a season of, of disappointment, as we say, for these St Mirren fans. But with five games to go, they can still rescue it. Uh, Kelly Aberdeen is the game that Andrew McLean is watching. Uh, Andrew, I'm sure these two gentlemen won't be thinking too much about the, the Scotland job, but that's certainly one of the subplots this afternoon if you go by the... The, the speculation in the last couple of days Yeah and it's just a credit to the, the job that these two managers have done at these two clubs over the past few years, I mean you look at, at Steve Clark, where Kilmarnock were when he came in, when he put pen to paper on his deal they were sat at the foot of the table and I don't think anyone would imagine that they'd be, you know challenging for a place in Europe and you know he, he certainly measured with his expectations Steve Clark um, he was asked about Europe yesterday he's, he's asked about Europe quite a lot and he never really wants to comment on it he said their goal for, for this season is to or their goal at the moment is to beat last season's points tally which they're one off at the moment so a win today would better that and then he said they would then look at their expectations past that but I mean he's done a fabulous job you, he's, he's brought the fans back to Rugby Park he's got players playing to their full potential and you know it, it's no wonder that he is one of the names in the run Derek McInnes is also a name that, as you say, has, has been banded about for the job. And you look at what he's done, uh, you know, cup finals with Aberdeen, finishing second with Aberdeen. Maybe this season could end up being a bit of a disappointment, really, if they end up finishing in fourth place. It certainly will be a, a disappointment compared to what they've done in previous years. But, yeah, being linked with the Scotland job certainly just shows how, how well these two managers have done at these clubs over the last few years. Dave Galloway, players and managers will always say the right type of thing in these situations, or they'll try to. When you look at Dundee, do you sense a genuine belief that they can get out of it? Because their situation is worse than the rest at the moment. 
Of course, Gordon. Yeah, the, the feeling in the Dark Blues camp is that, you know, they just need one win to kind of light the blue touch paper, if you like, spark a recovery that could see them somehow avoid the drop. But of course, that is the big, big question, isn't it? After all, they've suffered seven defeats on the spin. They must win today, pure and simple. To do that, they must have a cutting edge. Now, that's the thinking behind bringing in Scott Wright to supply the ammunition for Kenny Miller, who's also back in the starting lineup, and Craig Curran. Should be a really tense one today, not one for the purists, I reckon. Here's Jim McIntyre. If I was going into the game in the last seven games we hadn't shown anything at all then I'd be seriously concerned but the fact of the matter is we have we've shown plenty in a lot of those games where we've let ourselves down is we've not been clinical and we've not been good enough in both boxes but you've still having periods of play so that's the positives that we show the players in terms of the confidence within the group we don't allow people to go about you know with their faces you know hitting the floor it's about showing them the good things and, and showing them the things that they can be better and it's as simple as that Fraser Wisher, you're watching Partick Thistle but again, similar to the bottom of the Premiership, it's not just about that game. You look at Queen of the South and Fernland, and perhaps more importantly, Falkirk Morton, not only with everything at stake, but with the Ray McKinnon factor thrown in as well. What an afternoon in the Championship. Yeah, it's a huge afternoon. You're, you're right, Gordon, and the teams in the bottom half are also playing each other as, as well. And for a, a Partick Thistle perspective, there's a nice crowd coming in here to Jackie Cusman stand, kind of great numbers, and many of the older ones will have seen this time and time again over their life of supporting Partick Thistle. Probably tell you it's part of supporting Partick Thistle is the, the nerves and the ups and downs, and, and it might just be the first 20 minutes will be vital for, for Thistles. How do they handle the nerves? Because the crowd will get right behind them, no doubt about that. But if after 20 minutes, Al were ahead or Thistle aren't playing well, then they can start to maybe get on the players' backs as well, and, and that can mean that the confidence can just go. And it, but they must come here in good fettle, um, Partick Thistle. They've actually been playing really well since, uh, uh, since January. Uh, they've managed to get themselves, they were almost isolated at the bottom. And I, th- I think Gary Colgan made a quote during the week saying they were fourth in, in terms of points gained since January. So he'll be getting that message across to, to his team. Don't think about what went on before. Think about recent form. And they came off the park last week with a good result, but then found out they were back to bottom of the table because Falkirk won and Alawad won as well. So a big 90 minutes here. But for Alawad, they, they know a win, and that's them virtually safe. And, and a win would be absolutely incredible. So looking forward to this one. And I think the, the first 20 minutes will be absolutely key. I do think Thistle will just get it. I think it'll be a nervy 2-1 win for Partick Thistle. I think Falkirk could win at the bottom of the table as well. And all of a sudden, everybody will be involved in the relegation battle for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, not uh, a, a penny for the thoughts of Ray McKinnon, Hugh Keevans, at this moment in time. Who, well, who, if any of those teams get relegated, there will be uh, quite the outcry, well, depending who, on what side you're on. Wouldn't Morton just love to make it a bad afternoon for Ray McKinnon? Wouldn't they just love that? In a, a country where football runs on malice, uh, that that would be just perfect for them. So I'm not sure that Falkirk are out of the woods yet. Uh, and neither are Partick Thistle. I think if you're an Aloha player, you, you, the pride that you must have in the job that you've done is sky high. And I think they might want to finish it all off today. I'm not sure Thistle will take all three points. The sun is shining, the scene is set. The three o'clock kickoffs and your first half teaser are coming up next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Full time at Livingston. What a big game down the bottom. Roger Hanna watched Livy and St Mirren. 
Livingston 1, St Mirren 3, St Mirren's first away win of 2019 and their first three goal haul since returning to the Premiership has given them hope in the relegation battle and now sit just two points behind Hamilton Aggies in six clear of rock bottom Dundee with four games left to go. All praise the manager Oren Kearney, he threw on Simeon Jackson at half time with the game level at one all and Livingston down to ten men. He then threw on homegrown kids Kyle McGuinness and Kyle McAllister and they all played a role in a fantastic victory that's given a huge St Mirren support here to Tony Macaroni real hope that he can have a second season in the top flight, they fell behind Early, early on, just three minutes after Livy had gone down to ten men, their captain Craig Halkett sent off by Willie Collum for taking down the Brad Lyons just outside the box. That free kick from Anders Dreyer was clear to safety, and Livingston went to the other end, a sweeping passing move. Stephen Lawless finishing it with a cutback from the byline for Scott Robinson to roll in for 1-0. Six minutes later, it was 1-1. Paul McGinn scoring from an improbable angle near the byline, blasting a low shot past Liam Kelly and into the back of the net to level it. So Milne didn't have the best of the first half but he dominated the second half after Kearney withdrew centre-half Gary McKenzie and threw on centre-forward Simeon Jackson they had corner after corner Danny Mullen had a, deflect, a shot deflected wide for a corner and then Kearney threw on McAllister for Lyons he threw on McGuinness for Erhahan and in 78 minutes they got the breakthrough just moments after McGuinness's drive had been brilliantly pushed out by the Livingston goalkeeper Liam Kelly there was a breakthrough a fantastic snapshot from former Livingston striker Mullen from 22 yards fizzed off the surface past Kelly and into the bottom corner St Mern weren't content to sit back and he got a third a couple of minutes later this time McAllister the first substitute involved a bustling run from the centre of the park through to the edge of the box a powerful shot Kelly got both hands behind it but he managed to spill it and there was Jackson the spot kick center just a few weeks ago suddenly a hero knocking home the loose ball for 3-1 it could have been four in the dying moments Mullins sclaffing a shot wide when clear on the left hand side but this will do Oren Kearney St Mirren suddenly think they can stay up Livingston 1 St Mirren 3 the Lanarkshire Derby's finished Mark Guidi watched it full time uh, Hamilton Ackies at 1 uh, Motherwell 1 and another precious point for Ackies as they bid to beat the drop this point should probably be enough to make sure they don't finish bottom and now it's all about a scrap with St Mirren to see who ends up in the playoff they recovered well because they were a goal down on the half hour mark and deservedly so for Motherwell as they controlled Oakland 45 minutes was that man David Turnbull Turnbull the man in demand at Perth Park he scored on the half hour it was a cross by Liam Gunshaw to the back post the Hamilton Ackies defence were caught napping and Turnbull nicked in just to volley home sweetly from five yards past Gary Woods after the break Hamilton can more into the game Adam McGowan had a couple efforts from long range at that uh, tested Mark Gillespie and then uh, Hamilton made a significant substitute because they took off their captain Danny McKinnon he was having a tasty battle in the middle of the park with Alex Goran he was in danger of being sent off and it was a situation well handled by referee Don Robertson but Brian Rice took off his captain and then Hamilton seemed to step up again Tony Andrew was pulling the strings in the middle of the park and it was no surprise to see them get an equaliser in the 83rd minute but it was a disaster for Liam Grinshaw he made a mistake at the back very careless with a pass and there was the Aki substitute Marius Ompo to nick in and he drilled it home with made no mistake from 12 yards out to give them a precious point and also Motherwell have a goalkeeper Mark Gillespie to thank because he made a stunning save in the final seconds of the game to deny George Oakley a point in this line 
Manchester Derby point apiece just about right it was entertaining it was dramatic and it rolls on full time at the Hope CBD Stadium Hamilton Aki's won Motherwell won can't promise you sparkling football uh, but wait till you hear the full time report from Rugby Park an incredible afternoon let's go to McDermott first St Johnston and Dundee Dave Galloway St Johnston 2, Dundee nil. Dundee playing towards the end, holding their sizeable travelling support. We're looking to start on the front foot, but the hosts got on top with Kennedy on the left wing, causing plenty problems. His effort from a tight angle forced a smart save from Deng. He also crossed for Henry, who saw his header impressively turned around the post by the visiting goalie. And Henry, six yards out, headed Tanzas cross wide when a goal looked certain. Saints certainly looking the more dangerous team then, and Kane headed Kennedy's cross straight at the keeper. Dundee though almost snatched the lead when McGowan fizzed a 20-yarder just over the bar. The home team deservedly went ahead in the 54th minute with a brilliant Tanza free kick from around 20 yards. The left-back curling the ball up and over the wall and into the top corner of the net. No surprise when it was 2-0 after 68 minutes. Foster's cross converted by Nelson's diving header. Kennedy almost scored Saints' third goal, his powerful drive from 20 yards after a neat turn forcing a fine save from Deng. Dundee nearly got a goal back when Nelson's ball right across the goal mouth was just beyond Curran's reach. But all in all, a very comfortable win indeed for Saints, the margin of which could well have been a lot wider. And that's eight losses in a row now for the Ds, who are now six points adrift at the foot of the Premiership with four matches to go. St Johnston 2, Dundee 0. What is happening at Rugby Park, Andrew McLean? Well, it's finished. Kilmarnock 0, Aberdeen 1. And a really bad-tempered game here where the home side finished with not ten men, not nine men, but eight men after Rory McKenzie was sent off late on. But much of the game was dominated by tackles, fouls, clashes. Red cards looked inevitable in this one right from the off. And the first one came after an interesting chain of events. Around 35 minutes in, Sam Cosgrove, he was already on a booking. He went in late on Stuart Finlay. The Kilmarnock fans were screaming for a second yellow card, but only a foul was given. Then from the resulting free kick, Joe Lewis went to ground to gather the uh, to gather the ball. Kirk Broadfoot went lunging in towards him. His studs were up. It looked as if he caught the goalkeeper in the face. A straight red card, said Stephen McLean. Kelly down to 10 men. The game continued in the same vein, but there was finally some actual football in the second half. Being a man up, Aberdeen started to dominate the ball. They looked the more dangerous side, and after 66 minutes, they got their goal. Graham Shinney whipped in a corner. Scott McKenna rose the highest, and he headed it down past Daniel Backman for the opener. Kamarnock actually came close to equalising five minutes later. A great long ball by Malumbu to Stephen O'Donnell. Brilliant touchdown from him. He had a shot on goal, but Ethan Ross got back well to deflect that one wide, and then all hope of a comeback vanished when they already booked Stuart Finlay he slid in late on Graham Shinney a second yellow for him Kelly down to nine with five minutes to go then right to the death another red card for them Rory McKenzie and Don Ball they had a tangle on the ground McKenzie was absolutely livid with something Don Ball must have done not quite sure what happened in the sort of fracas afterwards but McKenzie not happy he was certainly grabbing Don Ball Stephen McLean he looked over towards the fourth official it looked as if it was him that made the call but a straight red card for Rory McKenzie as well finishing the game with eight men an incredible game here between the two sides the Dons now leapfrog Steve Clark's side they set three points clear in third place the full time score at Rugby Park Kilmarnock nil Aberdeen 1 Fraser Wishart get your members in order and then tell us what's been happening at Firhill 
Certainly sounds like a, some game down at Rugby Park, but uh, it was some game here as well at Firhill. Partick Thistle 2, Aloe Athletic 1, and booze at half-time from this Jags fans. And a standing ovation at full-time for about two minutes maybe just sums up life as a Jags supporter and player. And the result, they looked unlikely at half-time, but Gary Caldwell must take huge credit. His team had a goal down at half-time, as I said, booed off by the supporters. They brought on experienced duo Gary Harkins and Joe Cardo, who made the difference in the second half. Cardo scoring the first critical goal, and Scott McDonald with the winning goal in 66 minutes they were behind in 12 minutes but the Thistle defence couldn't clear a corner it fell to young Jack Aitchison and the Alloa striker with a clever finish curled the ball low past the goalkeeper in his left hand side from 16 yards Dylan had a good chance just before the break when he was 1-1 with the goalkeeper he was denied by Neil Parry's left foot and then came those two half-time changes by, by Gary Caldwell Harkins and Cardellon immediate impact 90 seconds into the second half Joe Cardell picked up a really good position inside right turned on the ball and hit a 20 yard right foot shot in off Neil Parry's post and two minutes later Harkins then could have made it to his left foot shot it was a good save by Parry high to his right Harkins pulling the strings in midfield he came close again drifted past two defenders chipped the ball past the goalkeeper cleared off the line by Dick and then came what, what was to be the winning goal in 66 minutes Cardo was fouled 20 yards out he was claiming for a penalty but it didn't matter because Scott McDonald stepped up took the free kick it took a slight deflection and Parry just couldn't keep it out in his top right hand corner but after that as always a few nervy moments for Partick Thistle uh, supporters Al hadn't been seen attack, McMillan get caught in the ball though and Aitchison back in the box again, low shot save by Jamie Sneddon and the young Thistle goalkeeper was critical towards the end, he made another crucial save with his feet from a collie, 8 yard shot which was deflected and then the young goalkeeper clutched a 25 yard shot from Dick under the crossbar, Scott McDonald could have tied it all up with just a minute or two to go but another good save by Neil Parry when the strike was 1 on 1 from close range, huge result for the Jags they've given themselves a lifeline and what a finish we're going to have to the season in the bottom half of the championship in the next couple of weeks full time at Firhill, Partick Thistle 2 Athletic 01419511025 That's the number you need And you need it right now So let's hear from you Where do we start? Let's do it chronologically Rangers fans You must be delighted With that victory in the capital Let us know What you made of it uh, Hamilton fans Could that be the point Which keeps you up? Partick Thistle fans Is that the three points uh, Which keeps you up? And Kilmarnock fans Seriously Down to eight men What on earth happened Maybe it wasn't deserved But you tell us 01419511025 The open line is next After the action It's your reaction 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open line Full time in the Scottish Premiership Hearts 1 Rangers 3 Hamilton 1 Motherwell 1 Kilmarnock 0 Aberdeen 1 Livingston 1 St Mirren 3 And St Johnston 2 Dundee nil in the championship Falkirk nil Morton 2 Inverness nil Dundee United 2 Partick Thistle 2 Alloa 1 And Queen of the South 2 Dunfermline 1 in 2 Scottish League 1 Dumbarton 3 East 5 nil Montrose 2 Airdrionians 1 Stenhouse Muir nil 4 for 3 Stranraer 3 Breaking nil In League 2 Albion Rovers 3 Edinburgh City 2 Clyde 5 Berwick nil Elgin City 1 Peterhead 2 Queen's Park nil Annan 3 And Stilling Albion nil Cowdenbeath 1 Finally the English Premier League Man City 1 Tottenham nil Bournemouth nil Fulham 1 Huddersfield 1 Watford 2 West Ham 2 Leicester 2 And Wolves nil Brighton nil Give us a call right now 0141 951 Hugh what will be on the minds Out there today well, you'll have Kilmarnock supporters wondering what on earth went on at Rugby Park today. Kilmarnock down to eight men. The impact of that being that Kilmarnock go to Celtic Park next weekend. It could, I underline could, be the day when Celtic potentially have the chance to win the title. 
uh, and Kilmarnock would be missing three players due to suspension Rory McKenzie, Kurt Broadfoot and uh, who was the third player sent off? Uh, Stuart Finlay Stuart Finlay, you're right Second yellow, So yeah. you've got two central defenders and an attacker, Rory McKenzie uh, all unavailable to Steve Clark uh, for that game at Celtic Park So the Celtic supporters will wonder if the team can replicate at Easter Road the performance they gave at Hampden Park last Sunday uh, Neil Lennon and his team in sync truly in sync at Hamden against Aberdeen can they do it again this weekend and Rangers supporters very good performance today at Tynecastle yes hearts were dismal but Rangers played exceptionally well took good goals and That's St Mirren of course yeah. lifelines all round St Mirren winning 3-1 Hamilton Ackies getting a belated equaliser against Motherwell and Patrick Thistle having a tremendous result against Alloa with a Scott McDonald winner. I think today's results, um, especially at the bottom of the table, kind of clears up the automatic relegation. You think so? It's like, it makes it slightly clearer, Gordon. That they were bunched together for so much of the season. I just think that St Mirren win is huge. You know, gives them that wee bit of breathing space. Dundee losing again without scoring. That would tend to suggest that they will be the team to drop out the division yeah. automatically and then the playoff place is up for up for grabs. But at the top of the league, Aberdeen winning, Gordon. I'm looking at the fixture. I wonder, is it still possible? Do you think that Aberdeen could snatch second? You were saying that they would love third, but I mean, winning today, they play Rangers. When did they play Rangers? Is it pretty soon? So, I mean, it's still up for grabs. It's still possible. Derek McInnes has gave himself a fighting chance at that. Um, and Partick Thistle What a huge result that was Great job that Jim Goodwin's doing they, But Thistle badly needed that result today Rangers play Aberdeen at Ibrox Next weekend Gordon I think it's next Sunday the game is isn't it I think it's next Sunday But anyway they play them next weekend So that may well decide If Aberdeen the win that is. And they've shown they can win at Ibrox It takes it to mm. two points With big games to come for for either side So it still makes it interesting Celtic go to Hibs tomorrow We've got the Scotland managerial vacancy so many talking no. points today So let's do it 0141-951-1025 So no We were actually looking Who says If they win next weekend It would take yeah, it to f- Yeah it would take it to what uh, Five points Yeah Yeah I think it's eight points Mark it's the, I don't, the I don't think the I, I, yeah, really Mark can you get ahead of yourself I really don't think it's an issue Aberdeen will not overtake Rangers Not the way Rangers are playing just now uh, but it'll be a very exciting fixture. All sorts of possibilities here. You know, Celtic could beat Kilmarnock. Uh, depends on how Celtic do tomorrow at Easter Road. You know, you could have a situation where uh, Rangers could hand the league to Celtic by not getting enough points against Aberdeen at Ibrox. There are all sorts of things going on. Okay, let's go to the lines. 01419511025. Craig is a Kilmarnock fan. What on earth happened, Craig? Um, I'm just on the way back to the game there and uh, I, I, realistically I don't think either team done anything wrong uh, in terms of performances but it's just that uh, the refereeing performance from Steve McLean the other day I hate to come on Super Scoreboard and talk about referees because whenever I hear it myself I'm just like oh, I'll give over but three players sent off you've got Kurt Broadfoot who's going into a 50-50 trying to win the ball I, could, I couldn't exactly see it clear from where I was sitting in these stands but it looked as if he was going for the ball Stuart Finlay a second yellow card for going up for a header You've got, to, you've got to question that as well. Rory McKenzie, the player went head to head with him, and then the referee only sees what Rory McKenzie does and sends him off. We're down to eight. But the referee never gave the game a chance at all today. It's stop start constantly, and it's honestly, if, if Hearts won the cup and we finish fourth, then that's 
Stephen McLean performance today has just caused Kilmarnock Europe next season I mean Hugh We obviously can't say That Craig is right or wrong But no. overall It sounds pretty remarkable And you know what's going to happen Because of the obsession We all do now have With the disciplinary issues Everyone is going to pour over these Over the coming days Well I can only go with What Andrew McLean said And he said that the game Had taken a nasty turn Very early on And we know that Aberdeen took off Sam Cosgrove Because they felt certain That he was going to be sent off Unless they took Evasive action so it just seems to have been a contentious, aggressive afternoon. We can't comment, Craig, on any of the individual incidents that you refer to because we didn't see them. But it was certainly a bad day and it has consequences mm. for Kilmarnock because you play Celtic next weekend minus three players under suspension. Uh, Craig, overall, I mean, Andrew is a reporter, I'm not saying that means he's, he's right, but he was telling us that it was just overall very scrappy, lots of fouls, lots of tackles. Was that the feeling you got from it? Um, I, I think the word scrappy describes the game perfectly. I mean, the game never got a chance to fall on the other team, never got a chance to play football. It was just a long ball from Aberdeen, long ball from Kilmarnock. And whenever Sunday went up for a header, it was stop the game, turn my book in, and just get a free kick. Long ball, up for a header, and it was just it was repeating constantly. Um, Aberdeen got a goal from the corner. Uh, you've got to think if Cut Broadfoot was on the park at the time, he's going to win that header against Scott McKenna. So Cut Broadfoot getting sending off, I'm thinking, costs a goal. Um, but again, well now we now need to go to Celtic Park next weekend. If Celtic win next uh, tomorrow, then they could win the league against us at Parkhead, sixty thousand there. Um, and it's not going to be a good feeling for Kilmarnock fans if we've got if they're going there. We've got two centre backs suspended. Scott Boyd injured. Alex Bruce has only played twenty minutes this season. I mean, you've got to try and think what formation are we going to play. I mean, you've got Rory McKenzie out as well. You're starting to think about what team's going to be played, how they're going to do it. It's just. It's, it's all a big worry But again Today Stephen McLean Shocking How did Stevie Clark Take all this uh, Craig I don't know if you got the chance To sort of look over And, and see what he was Saying about it uh, Steve Clark I, I know About five minutes Before the game ended When Rory McKenzie Got sent off He went up the tunnel And we all just thought Oh well he's done it When he, he came back out And he shook the referee's hand He had a word with him again I'd, quite, like, I'd be quite interested To see what he said To the referee And then he, he clapped All the Every single stand uh, uh, the fans gave him an ovation Which he, he so rightly deserves For the performances That he's put in for Kilmarnock So again um, A great manager And it's, it's, it's no fault it has It'd be, be interesting what, Alec to hear. It all sounds very dramatic yeah, that, Hugh. Be, be interested to hear uh, Steve Clark The audio that Andrew McLean Will bring us later Because he's not a man To Makes his hide his feelings yeah, You know yeah. he, If he thinks there's been uh, A harsh afternoon For Kilmarnock And it's the referee's fault He'll tell you They were saying they were, I think within uh, What Andrew was saying At the game as well He was saying that Kurt Broadfoot And Cosgrove Were going toe to toe And that kind of Set the tone for mm-hmm. things You know they were, There was no quarters given But Broadfoot gets sent off After 36 minutes So why take off Cosgrove If the main instigator In terms of the well, two just he had been booked And was perhaps on that That yeah, type, type rope, rope um, yeah. Interesting to Stevie Clark Hugh In this morning's newspapers Actually mentions His Disagreements with the SFA And whether that would come into Any consideration for the Scotland job uh-huh. You don't think it it, it would I don't no. happen to agree I don't happen to agree with him either uh, But you just wonder if he, if he has to be mindful Of how he goes about this at all I don't think he will I think he'll say precisely what's on his mind Because it, it doesn't strike me As the kind of guy who Can think to himself I won't say what I think I'll come out with some diplomatic statement I think if he feels seriously wronged 
then he will say so. Craig, what's your gut telling you at the moment then? You go to Celtic Park with the three suspensions. Aberdeen have obviously beaten you in the head-to-head. Can you still pip them to third? Um, well, I'd, I'd like to think that Rory McKenzie's um, red card will be appealed. Not sure about Cup Broadside. I'll need to see, it before to see if it can get appealed. But going to Celtic Park, if they win the Mora, they could potentially win the league against us. I think Steve Clark's a good enough manager that he'll set us up well next next uh, Saturday. Uh, whether or not we tip Aberdeen to third, I just, it depends how we play in the rest of the split mm. games. How they, if, if Rangers and Celtic take points against them, if, if we can knock a result either against I don't think we can knock a result against Celtic before the suspension stand, but if we can knock a result against Rangers last game of the season, maybe they can slip up against Hibs, maybe against Hearts, mm. and we can pick up points there. It's just We'll just need to see how the season transpires. I'll be fine, you. That's exactly what we need next week, is another week of appeals and statements <laughs> and yeah. decisions. and Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good fun. Yeah, um, but Steve Clark will also advise the club because he's professional enough to know don't waste your time on that one. Don't waste your time on that one. Oh, I think this, this season one. tells you that you go for them all. That a lot of a lot of teams are just going for them all. Do they charge you on an individual it's basis? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not a great deal, though. I yeah. don't think. I think it's but, maybe. It might even be well, down to five hundred now. Fraser will well, tell me. I could be wrong. Anyway, I'd it's that many we, appeals we <laughs> Can you reduce rate now? <laughs> Three will, for the price of two. <laughs> that's what Kelly should do this afternoon. We will see various highlight packages over the weekend, and we will be able to. Come to a conclusion Alec Ray and myself In time for Monday night's programme We'll tell you Whether we think One Or all three Were justified Thanks to Craig Kilmarnock fan from Johnson Listen I know it was a few hours ago now But Rangers fans You must still be delighted With what you saw In the capital Who was your main man How does that set you up For the end of the season What about this Getting within tangible reach Of Scottish football domination Give us your thoughts 0141951 1025. Peter is a Celtic fan first though in Paisley. Hi Peter. Good evening, Gorm. How are we doing? Good, thanks. What's on your mind, Peter? Yeah, well, I'm a first time caller and actually I've got two things on my mind. It's for both the pundits and for Celtic fans out there who constantly phone your show saying Neil Lennon's not the man. I'll make a case out if you don't mind for Neil Lennon. First of all, to your pundits, uh, I noticed Daz, is Daz there? No? He is not, he's long gone. Uh, right, well, but I've heard Alec, I've heard Mark, I've heard Hugh, is that the three up there? Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Fraser, Fraser, sorry, last but not least, but the, the main man, Fraser. No, he's not here either, don't worry. Oh, right, <laughs> right. anyway, right, first of all, first point for the pundits, right, Neil Lennon came in, we'll not go back too long, right, but you've got five minutes, I'm sure. Uh, all you, all you guys, uh, but let me speak first, Hugh. I know Hugh will jump in right away. Uh, all you guys no, said, they, all you guys said, he's under no pressure. It's an easy number. The league's won. Nonsense. Utter bunkum. Uh, with James Sanderson, you'll remember, used to say that beautiful word. Can I, can I add, see when Neil Lennon came in, he was asked for he sit in the stand of the dugout. He was in the dugout right away, right? Do you know why? Because he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's passionate, he can motivate. And do you know what? See, at the end of that game, it's so beautiful. Cairn Tierney and embracing Neil Lennon. Can I say, he played a part in that game, right? Because uh, Kennedy had picked the team and he tweaked it in the second half. Celtic were eight points ahead, if you recall. If Celtic didn't beat that night, it was down to five. I believe the Noisy Neighbours had beat in D4-0 that night. Five points going into Easter Road. Uh, the Noisy Neighbours played Hibs on the fr- Friday. They dropped points. That could quite conceivably... I know you'll say about ifs, buts, maybes, but who makes a life out of ifs, buts and maybes? The fact is, it could have no, been down to two... 
that, sorry? The fact it was down to two points, it could have been down to two points. I know it wasn't. That's all hypothetical now. But there's been enormous pressure. Every game has been pressure for Neil Lennon. Right? He then went to Easter Road. Can I tell you, the previous manager, you'll say, oh, you know what I call him? I'll call him Judas. Judas couldn't win the Easter Road in four attempts. Neil Lennon went there in his first attempt and won. Can I also see the team that gave Judas the hardest games in the Premier League. Peter, can I just jump in? Is that the same Judas that was a 100% record at home you're talking about? Listen, I loved the guy, but the way he left, well, listen, you're stealing my thunder here. If you can, if you appreciate Sorry, on you go, Peter. Still, yeah, thanks. Right, so the fact is, yes, uh, what happened was he'd six games against New Lennon's Hibs, this Judas, right? And do you know the record? 50%. Neil won two. Judas won two, and there was two draws, right? So, to my fellow Celtic fans, I'm one, right? That's the pundits one side. Neil knows how to, to set up a team. He knows his tactics. I've just explained he's got a 50% record against uh, Judas. The fact of the matter is, he can motivate. He knows tactically. You watched the Scottish Cup, same as I hope he's did. He switched his wingers. He switched uh, Forrest for one side and Hayes for the other. Interchanged, OK? He knows the game inside out. I'll be looking forward. Sorry to the Kelly fans. Celtic, oh, two games to go. It'll be hard again, Easter Road. 2-1, Celtic win 2-1 is my prediction. But do you know what? There's nothing going to be so great as to go to Celtic Park mm. Uh, to win eight in a row in front of 60,000 Celtic fans. It's been set up. It was set up. It's written in the stars. Neil came in his first game, Hearts. He had a coin thrown at him this season at Hearts. He also was attacked here as he was the manager of Celtic. It was set up. He then goes to Easter Road first time. Uh, uh, Judas hadn't won it. So he then won at Easter Road. Peter, I'm just going to have to leave it there because we're running out of time a little bit. But I'll, right. I do appreciate with it being Easter weekend, the biblical feel to the show, that was more Judas season than I've ever experienced. Well, first before, of all, but what did you make of Peter's points? <laughs> Quickly, Hugh, we covered a lot. We're running late for the break. First of all, I have always said that I thought Neil Lennon took the Celtic job under extraordinary circumstances because the club is glued to the history book. Not only did he succeed Brendan Rodgers, but he had to guarantee a treble treble. He had to make sure that the dream of 10 in a row stayed alive. I always expressed my sympathy because he took over at an unbelievably difficult time. I know he had the eight-point lead. However, nothing but respect for Neil Lennon. And I still think that he is the man in pole position for the job. I'll just say one other thing quickly. Very quickly. Brendan Rodgers came to Celtic, an iconic figure, and left with his reputation damaged because of timing. Because of timing. Because he didn't let the season run its course However to constantly refer to the man Who won seven trophies in a row for Celtic As Judas Is disrespectful in the extreme And ill becomes Any Celtic supporter who does that We're going to start hearing from the managers And their post-match reaction next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to thompsons.com the games are over. The talking begins. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here on the day in which St Mirren got the win which just maybe saves them Hamilton Aki's got the point which might save them as well uh, Rangers doing the business in the capital three men sent off for Kilmarnock we look ahead to tomorrow and we consider who the new Scotland manager might be as well so 
a lot of managerial audio starting to make its way to us. I think most people are going to be interested in hearing from Stevie Clark. Is that fair? That is undoubtedly fair because I repeat, if there's something on his mind, he'll get it off his mind. Partick Thistle fans, where are you? Is this the result which sees mm. you safe? I don't know if it's too early for that, but you can tell us because here's what your manager made of it. A, a disappointing first half, some choice words at half time, change of shape, two substitutions. I'd love to take credit for it, but players win football games. And the players' first half chose not to step forward and, and be brave. The, ch- the players' second half, I just said to them, showed incredible bravery. And I think the only team in this league that could give Alawa a goal start and the way they were playing defensive and still have the bravery, the composure, the quality to break them down because it wasn't easy. I said it was going to be difficult at 0-0. It was very difficult at 1-0 and they managed to do it. Uh, So delighted with the response, delighted with the result. But it's just three points, it's three games to go and we have to focus on them uh, starting on Tuesday night. Falkirk bottom now, what do you think you need to to, to keep us out of trouble? The league table's irrelevant. (laughs) It's good to be off the bottom, right? Irrelevant. It's no though, isn't it? No, it is. It is because of points. Because of points, the league table will. Cha- I'm sure the league table probably changed three or four times during the game today. Because the points are so close, and there's we've got nine points to play for. It is irrelevant just now. Trust me when I say that. So I, I'm not always right, but I know I'm right. So it becomes relevant when the full time whistle blows in the last day of the season. Correct. And I say this because I was here with Wigan. We were going down. We one and a half games to go. We were going down with 15 minutes to go and we scored at Stoke. We won the last two games when we hadn't won back-to-back all season uh, and we stayed up quite comfortably with 14 minutes to spare. But it was quite comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, oh, you do see where he's coming from, but I'm not sure it's completely irrelevant, no, but I, 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 I get the logic. Listen, he's entitled to say what he wants tonight because he's done the job. Uh, the league table would have been relevant and then some had they not done their jobs properly. But for me, the story is Scott McDonald. You know, as someone who was in retirement, cheerily playing six sides with uh, Alec Ray and Mark Wilson, uh, who is coaxed out of retirement and becomes a pivotal figure in Partick Thistle staying up. Because when you score the winning goal today, you have become a pivotal Figure so well done, Skippy. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need. Brian's a Rangers fan. What's in your mind tonight, Brian? Hello, Gordon. Hello, panel. Hello. Uh, before I go to my point, uh, the previous Celtic fan was it Peter? Yes. Yes. Uh, I think you could buy your tapes. I think Peter is a bit economical with the truth. I don't think this is his first phone call. I recognise his voice right away. Now, I can't say who he is if I know his name, but I recognise his voice. <laughs> Brian, you're obviously a better detective than us. I don't think that's something we really need to worry about right now. What yeah, are you thinking right. as far as the football goes? Well, a couple of things to say. One, let's start with possible fantasy. Uh, Rangers can still win the league this season. Now, the way they can win the league is quite simple. They win their last four games and Celtic draw their four games and obviously lose at Ibrox. Okay, I did say that's probably <laughs> fantasy, but you know football, right? The realist in me says that Celtic will probably go over the line, but uh, I think next season is going to be incredibly close. 
Celtic are going to be under pressure. Yes, we'll be under pressure to stop them winning nine, but I would prefer it be us under pressure for us winning the league instead of stopping them winning nine. But obviously, both things go hand in hand. Hugh Keevans, is, is, it, is that just pure fantasy that Brian's um, outlining? Uh, for every arithmetical proposition that anyone puts forward, you can have another arithmetical proposition. Uh, Brian has worked out a sequence of results that result in Rangers winning the title. Uh, my arithmetical proposition would be if Celtic go to Easter Road tomorrow and win and then beat Kilmarnock the following weekend, I think you'll find they're the champions. So, you know... It, Peter uh, Brian's quite entitled to put forward his arithmetical proposition, uh, but he he did say it was fanciful, and yes, it is fanciful. But Rangers' win today means that Celtic still have to work for it. It's not going to be handed over because at one stage you were fourteen points clear or anything else. Celtic still have to work for it, and that means for me. Yeah. A victory Easter Road tomorrow. In terms st- of it being in, sorry, in terms of it being incredibly close next year, well, it boils down to the summer. I mean, probably one of the most important summers in in both clubs have had in a long time. Sure. And how they recruit Celtic going for this nine in a row. How do they recruit? They've got all the, these millions in the bank. Is it now time to spend it and get in? You know, a, a good few additions to this already brilliant squad to get over the line. Or do they scrimp and scrape and cut back? And then for Rangers, it's the same. Do they get money? Does Morelos go? Do they get cash for him to rebuild a squad that can stop Celtic doing this? Now? Yes, Brian, on you go. Yeah. Okay, Mark, I understand what you're saying there, but uh, Celtic squad's far from brilliant. Uh, they're certainly the best squad one's, in this country at the moment. One, it's one, what, okay, seven and trophies? I don't, I'm, I'm, right, obviously, that's, that's a brilliant squad to right, do that. Obviously, the summer, the summer's going to be important. You know, in terms of the recruitment, you know, for both clubs. But uh, can you remember the nine in a row season? Yes. The Rangers won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Celt- Rangers won that title, I think, by six points. They go over the line at Tannadice. It was a Wednesday night. Yeah. Now, Rangers won the four Old Firm games that season uh, and only won the league by six points, which means Celtic failed against the other teams. And that's my point. I don't think Rangers will fail. Certainly not as much as they've failed this season against other teams. I think Rangers will get it. You know, Brian, on the 20th of April, you can say whatever you like about next season, you know, and no one can contradict you because nothing's happened yet. So if that's your belief, you're perfectly entitled to it uh, and we shall see what happens. But the recruitment that both clubs indulge in over the summer will be important uh, Celtic would start at an advantage In that their squad perhaps doesn't need as much tweaking As Rangers squad does Celtic also have money that Rangers do not have So these are factors that are important uh, But as I say on the 20th of April You can promise anything you like next season Because no one can contradict you Because it hasn't started yet Yeah going back to Brian's first point In terms of Rangers winning the league this year I think that would be a bridge too far Due to the fact of the points difference at the moment Hugh And I don't uh-huh. I don't see Celtic kind of capitulating In the manner that Brian uh, <laughs> probably hopes uh, The summer's massive in terms of recruitment And uh, you know I think the one thing from Rangers point of view is, is They're a season in 
they can then reflect back, then reflect and see how they can actually become more consistent. What they need to their personnel, you know, the Celtic have been pretty much oiled throughout the years where they've had the the, the large squad, the large money. This is probably as big a turnaround of players that Celtic will have had for recent yeah, years, Mark, yeah. within that mm-hmm. last seven or eight campaigns. And more importantly, from the Celtic point of view, is who will be making these signings? Yeah. So these factors will all have to get in. But again, it's all pie in the sky until you know we find out who the manager's going to be, who you know the, the money's available, and uh, obviously the run in between now and then. Okay, thank you, Brian and Lark. Call 1025 uh, let's start hearing from some more of the managers before we speak to another uh, unhappy Kilmarnock fan. Brian Rice, a point today in the Lanarkshire Derby. Could that be enough to save them? I thought the first 10-15 minutes, you know, they were on the front foot, putting balls into the box, crosses, getting up on it. Uh, then Motherwell scored. A poor goal for our point of view. You know, a really slack goal. One we should be stopped. Mm-hmm. And then Motherwell took great confidence for that. We seemed to drain our confidence and we got a bit deep. So I was playing for half-time to get in uh, so I could regroup. Changed the formation about second half. Uh, second half, I couldn't ask any more of the boys. The boys were, I thought the boys were terrific second half. They were on the front foot, first balls, second balls, crosses into the box, putting them under pressure. You know, and I think we got the deservedly got the equaliser. I don't think Andy could say we didn't deserve the equaliser. Did you say to them at half time? Did you give them that? No, I just said, like, everything was going okay. We lost a poor goal, and uh, maybe not any words, don't I? No, I just say, right, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. We need to change the formation a little bit. We need to go up, press them higher, put them under pressure, get the balls forward a bit quicker. And I think St. Carter have done everything and more that I asked of them. You were pleased for Marius, weren't you? Absolutely delighted for the big guy. Absolutely delighted. I didn't know him when I came in. I thought he was a big waiter when I came in. You know? <laughs> and, uh, he's, honestly, he's a, he's, a fantastic, he's a fantastic boy. He's a young lad and I keep saying to him, yeah, I found him a wee bit slack when I came in. I've had a good chat to him most days and just told him his best mate's hard work. So every time I see him, I say, he's your best mate, hard work gaffer. You know, and I'm on top of him and on top of him because he's got some. He's got some, he's got power, he's got pace, he's scored a goal. Uh, and we're absolutely delighted for the big boy because he's had a bad injury and I'm, honestly I'm over him in for him. Uh, Brian Rice, understandably, mm. a happy yeah. Hamilton Aki's manager Very tonight. Very good, uh, the big waiter. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, he's done two, the points, right turn there. two points above St Mirren But it ain't over No it is not Let's speak to Kevin Who's a Kilmarnock fan Can you shed any lights On what went on At Rugby Park today Kevin Yeah thanks for taking the call First of all um, I would say The ref's in a bit of a shocker To be honest with you um, I would say I'm trying, trying to look at it Objectively and Without the blue tinted glasses Um However, I would say Aberdeen probably the better of the game until Kurt Broadfoot gets sent off. And then obviously they had most of the control. I kind of think the Broadfoot sending off was harsh. He should have scored. He's miskicked it. He's then stretching in for the ball. And I think he's caught loose, but I don't think there's intent there. I thought it was harsh. But the referee was so quick to try and get his red card out. He didn't help the situation. There was no stepping back to look at it. Um, the Finley sending off again I thought was harsh I think it's uh, Cosgrove marking him for a free kick flung himself to the ground Finley's been booked and then the second second foul I can see it was a foul but again I think it's a it's a harsh uh, yellow the McKenzie red however I would definitely say will stand he, he's, he's had a kick at the Aberdeen boy when he's on the ground it's a bit petulant however Morelos got his overturned against Aberdeen uh, start of the season for kicking out because it wasn't excessive so it may well be overturned as well uh, I just kind of think 
the SFA with regards to Steve Clark going to Scotland job, I, I can't see it happening. I think there's resentment to the SFA there. And if anything, I would say that between the SFA and the refereeing, I, I think Steve Clark's away at the end of the season. I think they've chased him down to England. Do you see, see when he was saying uh, his post-match, yeah, pre-match yesterday, he was saying it was something that he wanted to pursue at some stage in his career, whether that be now or somewhere down the line. That doesn't suggest to me, mate, that that's going to be someone who has no interest in coming working for the SFA. No, no, no. I'm not saying like further down the line. I think that'll be the case. I don't think Steve Clark will under, uh, work under this SFA. I understand that. I, I, I think it's every manager's dream to want to manage his yeah. country, but I don't think it will happen in the near future. I think he'll be away down to England because you seen him at the end of the game. He disappeared down the down the tunnel with a few minutes to go. He's obviously come back out. I don't know what was said, but I think he was just scunnered with it. You know, and it's kind of, I don't want that to be the defining point of our season because I feel like there's been a lot of talk about refereeing decisions with Kilmarnock. When you look at the job Steve Clark's done, it's been phenomenal, you know. But I just, I, I can't help but think, I mean, even, it kind of went both ways today, but I mean, some of the decisions, I mean, like a boy to get a yellow card uh, 15 seconds in, it was a foul. He's, he's jumped into the Aberdeen boy, it's a foul. But the referee's banished a yellow card as, as quick as you like. Yeah, about two minutes later, McLennan's had an identical challenge where he's just jumped into your boy in the sideline. And it's a free kick, but the ref's not booking him. It was completely one-sided, you know. And but then I kind of think as well, Derek McInnes sets his team up for that. Graham Shinney is, I think, potential to be a really good player, but he spends most of his time on the ground. Cosgrove, the the guy's massive, and he, he took a dive against your left back because about five foot six, five foot seven. You know, throwing themselves to the ground at every opportunity. Cosgrove was looking for fouls and penalties. He must have about four dives, but then he had about four fouls as well after that before he eventually got booked. And then had another foul straight after that. And I mean, it shows the measure of it. Dennett McInnes knew he was due to go, hence why he went off at half-time. You know, but I just kind of think if the referee had maybe got a, a grip of the game earlier on, things might not have been as fiery. Mm. And I'm not saying that was one-sided. Obviously, the tackles going in for both sides. I'm not saying Kilmarnock are cleaning that, but I definitely think two red cards were harsh. The other one, I think, if, if you look at Morelos as a sort of pointer, I think it will get overturned, but it's been a petulant kick from McKenzie whilst the boy was in the ground. Well, I think Andrew McLean got it spot on because he said at half-time there was no football being played. It was just fouls and bad feeling between the two teams. I would really like to hear Steve Clark's take on events uh, and also I'd really like to have a look at these major incidents yeah. and we'll get back to you Kevin on Monday night's programme Any St Mirren fans out there here's what your manager had to say what do you think? You know, anyone who sees football and sees that you're down to 10 men and, and I think the magnitude of where we're at and what we need um, I think it was a necessity I thought about doing it after half an hour to be honest with you and then you sort of you fight with yourself a little bit just because sometimes when you do it without instruction it ends up ramshackle for 10 or 15 minutes so rather than break I suppose the mode from that we chose to wait to half time so we could get a few instructions about how exactly and what exactly it would look like All the subs made an impact McGuinness and McAllister as well That's their jobs and we sat and it was the first thing I said after when I got in there that you know it's it's great number one that we've a lot of injuries back and, we, and we've a strong bench and it's good to look round at a bench and see that we've got game changers um, and number two it's their job to stay focused and ready that when they do come on that they have an impact and I thought all three subs who come on today had um, had a huge impact on the game um, and, and, and as I said it's exactly what's needed This now takes your destiny back into your own hands that must encourage you yeah, and that's all we want, you know, and there's a lot made about, and we keep getting questioned about the other teams and how they're getting on and everything else, but we have to be so selfish at this point in view and just worry about ourselves, and there's no point me standing here now, having been beat today, talking about how other sides done or whatever else, so the key thing for us is that we just keep looking after ourselves and keep trying to churn out the three points. 0141 951 1025, your calls and more managers, hopefully. 
Stevie Clark next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. After they play, you have your say. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard's open line. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray, Mark Wilson, and Hugh Keevens are here. Still time to get your calls in. We're going to hear from Derek McKinnis soon. An incredibly high tempered match. At Rugby Park Well in fact the fans are phoning Are telling us it wasn't that bad And the referee made the most of it Anyway Kilmarnock went down to 8 men We'll hear from Derek McInnes And hopefully Stevie Clark speaks to us Before the show ends as well Let's do Derek in Hamilton first though Hi Derek Hi there hi I was just going to ask the panel Always seem to be hearing Rangers fans coming on Talking about what their team's going to do We've been hearing this Since they get back into the league And it's not happening You know they're talking The guys talking about Trying to stop nine in a row I think you'd be struggling to stop 12 in a row the way Celtic are playing the now. I just wonder what your thoughts were. Uh, Hugh, you were a bit reticent to make too many predictions about next season, but now, now we're looking ahead to yeah, uh, 2022 or whatever it would be. What I say to Derek now is what I said to Brian and Larkholt earlier. This is the 20th of April. You can promise 12 in a row and no one can contradict you because nothing's happened yet. And as I said to Brian, he can promise what Rangers will do next season, but this is the 20th of April. No one can contradict him, but nothing has happened yet, so we don't know. I think there was a time, Mark Wilson, when Celtic were consistently hammering Rangers. It looked like that that could that could well be the case, but yeah. then it just shows you this season has shown how quick things can change. Brendan Rodgers mm. ups and leaves, so we don't really know the full effect that's going to have on Celtic yet. Should yeah. they fail to qualify for the Champions League, then the money situation starts to come down a bit. On the flip side, they might qualify and then it grows again. So it's my, all up there. It's Gordon, very tough to predict. This, like I say, I'll go back to it. This summer is hugely important for both sides, but for Celtic, Alex touched on the point that. A lot of these players, um, a good few of these players anyway, are out of contract, their future's undecided. You've now got a a manager who doesn't know if he's going to be there. The recruitment process of getting players in for these Champions League qualifiers can't be done until you cement a manager, really. So it's a hugely important summer and you don't know what effect that can take on next season. It's easy enough saying that Celtic have all this cash and they can go out and spend, but... They've not got a Brendan Rodgers who's a permanent manager who's already identified targets that he wants. It's, as I say, it's all undecided just now. So um, that's why this summer is going to be so interesting on both sides, but especially Celtic, because they have the funds there to go out and and spend £9 million, £10 million mm. on a player like they did Edward. But they need to get something in place. That's why I, I would have liked to have seen Neil Lennon given the job just now. Understand they're yeah. investigating other avenues and it's every right, but they get a manager in, they can move forward to next season. Derek, it's your prediction, so tell us a bit more about it. Why do you think that it's it's so far so far ahead for Celtic at the moment? Well, as I say, I mean every year they're coming on saying they're catching us, they're catching us, they're getting closer. I don't think they are, to be honest with you. And I think the budget that we've got, I mean, we've got nine million for compensation money for Brendan Rodgers. We've got money in the bank. If Moussa Dembele moves on, there's a sell-on money due for him as well. I just think that... I just think he'll keep winning. Well, you know, your complaint, Derek, about Brian was that Brian said, oh, you know, 
Rangers are getting closer And it could happen next season And then you offer us The absolute assurance That Celtic will win 12 in a row So you're both entitled to your point of view But an awful lot of things have to happen Right We have spoken to Stevie Clark Okay And it's not going to disappoint Oh. oh yes We'll bring you in a second Let's do Derek McInnes first I've been coming here For 30 years As player and manager um, and Apart from a brief spell Under Tommy Burns I can never remember An atmosphere like The way it was today Huge credit to um, The Commander team And everything that's going along here At the minute I thought the Commander support Were yeah, right behind the team Made it No volatile What's the wrong word Because that sounds But I made it a proper atmosphere And um, in anticipation of that, we felt we had to make sure we um, kept our calmness. I thought we used our experience very well today. I spoke to my staff yesterday. I felt it was going to be a 1-0 game. I just had the feeling that chances would be a premium. This pitch doesn't allow you to play, especially in a dry day like today. It's so difficult um, for any sort of patterns of play or flowing football. Um, and there was a lot of challenges. Um, and a lot of competitiveness shown from both player, uh, sets of players. But what was clear for me was we scored the all-important goal, a brilliant header for the big McKenna. He should be scoring more, but great to see him scoring a header that gets us the points. Understandably, he's not too bothered. It wasn't his team that went down to eight mm. men. And it's a crucial win. Ten wins in a row for Aberdeen at Rugby Park. That's impressive for any team yeah, in the division. But impressive considering how good Kilmarnock have been. Yeah, well, the thing is, that'll all go back... What? The 10 games will probably go back Five or six years Four four years or whatever it is Gordon But uh, in terms of more recent times It's a very difficult place For people to go to Rangers and Celtic Have struggled there as well And I think Derek McInnes Hit the nail on the head there When he said It's such a difficult pitch To play on And particularly a day yeah. like this Because it's nice It's so dry And doesn't get any Free flowing football on it And he's absolutely right It was obviously a set play That decided the game Hugh Keevans, I know when we play the manager audio, you like to get your pen and paper out, yes. you write down the key phrases. Listen to this from Stevie Clark. Um, let's assess when they pick up the phone to him and ask him if he wants the Scotland job. I don't know if they'll invite him in for a disciplinary hearing at the same time or not. <laughs> let's find out how bad it was. It might not have been that bad. Brutal. That game was absolutely brutal. No football. I think just as we got our first red, we were starting to get our foot on the ball a little bit and look as though we could make some passes. I thought the only way Aberdeen could score would be a set play, even with even against ten, and that's how it turned out. It's not often you finish a game with anyone finished a game with eight men. What was your take on the, on the three red card incidents? Broadfoot, a genuine attempt to play the ball, uh, no malice, no violent intent, nothing. Two brave players going for the ball. Joe was Joe was particularly brave coming out. Kurt's foot just clipped a little bit at the top of the ball, which maybe made it look worse than it was. No red card, we'll appeal that one. Stuart Finley, two yellows, no complaints. Uh, Rory McKenzie's, the referee wasn't looking at it, so I can only assume it's come from the fourth. Standing next to me, he couldn't see it. And also, having seen it back on video, it's almost nothing. So we'll appeal that one as well. It wasn't an easy game to referee for anybody, but you would acknowledge that, you know, just right yeah, but a good re- a good referee could handle it. Good referees can handle good uh, difficult games. And ultimately, Steve, you've lost the game, which could be so important to getting a European place. How does that look now? I don't think I've ever sat here and mentioned European places, so uh, I would like to get more points than we got last season. We're one point behind that target, we've got four games to go. Nice easy one next week, without my two first-choice centre-halves at the moment. Um, we'll try and we'll regroup through the week, we'll try and get together, we'll try and beat... 59 points that's, that's 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 our next target There's more to come Hugh Keevan So I will yeah. bring you that That's that's. I think that's The more tame Of the, the sections From Stevie Clark Well at least he's Clarified matters uh, They will appeal Two of the three red cards 
And a telling phrase there, a telling sentence, a good referee would handle it. Uh, which means, let me not put words in the man's mouth, but that seems incredibly like the man who was refereeing it today wasn't a good referee. Uh, so he has made himself abundantly clear. I knew that if he had something to say, we'd get it off his chest. I would think it matters. He's not applying to the SFA Disciplinary Committee for a job as Scotland manager. Should he ever show... Solid interest in it He would be an SFA employee uh, So I don't think SFA V Steve Clark Is an issue But I'll confine myself To today's game And he clearly feels That injustices Have taken place And he'll see What can be done To correct Two of the injustices And he's also said In the case of Stuart Finlay No complaints Two yellow cards And off he goes So he's, he's owned up To that one uh, Let's listen to Another brief from Stevie Clark as well There's a lot more to it But we're just running out of time here I just went over and congratulated him And told him it was the worst refereeing performance I'd ever seen in my career And it's a long career <laughs> <laughs> Well that that uh, Again I repeat He was never going to Disguise his feelings He feels it's the worst refereeing performance He's ever seen in his career And this is a man Mm. who's who's worked Mm. with I think I I will explain Just because I simply don't have enough time To play the clip Hugh Keevans But there's another quote And this is the bit I was referring to I must say earlier on Um, He says he feels He says McLean feels the pressure refereeing here Because his dad played here And therefore he overcompensates He's going to request that he never referees Kilmarnock again Well Mm. I don't think that managers Who make those requests Ever have them granted uh, because he cannot decide who referees his games and who doesn't. Uh, but again, he's got it off his chest. Uh, it is for Stephen McLean to answer that particular criticism, but he will not because he will not be allowed to answer mm. it by his employers at the SFA. Yeah, the problem usually comes, and I don't know, you can't second guess all of these things. The problem usually comes, what is it when you infer bias? Yes. And that, that doesn't sound great if we're talking about reasons for giving decisions. So that's well, usually what gets you in a bit it, of bother. It's a peculiar form of bias that you're, you're implying because you're saying that he's overcompensating for the fact that his dad was a commandment player. Yeah, reverse bias, uh, yeah. whatever it would be. So, but the, the, the bottom line here is. John Fleming at the SFA, the man in charge of referees, will not accede to requests for certain referees never to referee certain clubs. Okay, Hugh, it was quite a day. See us out. Well, the Kilmarnock game ends in disarray. Kilmarnock with eight players on the pitch at the full-time whistle. Steve Clark will appeal two out of three red cards because he wants to have... A strong team to play Celtic next weekend at Celtic Park in what could be a title decider. It will only be a title decider if Celtic go to Easter Road tomorrow and beat Mm. Paul Heckingbottom's Hibs. What a game that promises to be. Yet another dramatic day in Scottish football. We're back on Monday night from 6 o'clock. I'll be here with Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray. Michael's in next on the GBX. You'll enjoy that in the sun. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.